Welcome, everybody, to the Cult of Dave Podcast Network. A new chapter this morning in the battle against Ebola. Nickelback are back. The multi-platinum band has just announced a new album and a North American summer. Until you see the flaming butthole, you ain't seen nothing yet. Everybody does that. when they, mm-hmm. when they That's when they become aware of the mics and they decide, oh yeah, I need to get up on the mic. And, right. And, and oh, I got people it. out there in podcast land, if you're uh, listening. <laughs> Something good for you. Everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the Something Good For You podcast where the two of us sift through the bullshit to try to find a little something good to give you each and every single week. I am one of your two co-hosts, Alex Stiff, and across from me, as always, is the Captain Nun. What's up, y'all? Hair's looking a little less froey now, and it's looking a little bit it's more... It's kind of like getting bangs up front and everything <laughs> now. This is completely new. <laughs> I know you kept saying, it's like, man, I can't grow my hair long. It's just going to grow out. It's just going to grow out. And no, now, now it's you're getting, getting long like, now. You're getting like a 70s like bob cut almost now. It's almost becoming like Topher Grace or some Holy shit. Holy fuck, yeah, you are. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> I'm trying. To, I'm trying to figure out whether or not I want to grow it out for these release shows or not, and see how ridiculous Fuck that it. looks. Get, get the fucking uh, fro pick, man. Start teasing it oh, out. Oh God! <laughs> Start walking around with a pick in your hair. White dynamite or some shit. <laughs> and with us returning for his second appearance, and now with his own podcast, radio, magazine, whole bunch of shit that we're going to be getting into. Mike Felix. Mike Phillips. Mike, Felix. Mike Felix. <laughs> Mike Felix. <laughs> Anything, so. <laughs> We've got dick bag. <laughs> well, maybe not anything. <laughs> no, Mike Phillips of the Gabba Gabba Huh podcast. Welcome, sir. It was nice to see you. Yes. No, uh, since that first appearance, you've been running around and, like I said, created your own. You've resurrected your zine. Uh, yeah. You've started up a podcast that has two separate shows in it. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Media over it, it here. went from one podcast to two pretty quick. But. Yeah, really. I mean, shit. It's like... Most people like join a band and then join five other bands. You, you, you resurrect your magazine and you're like, I'll do it all. <laughs> yeah, so the, so the zine was like, it was from 1996 and it just, it kind of became a part of this project. When, right. Just from a random conversation I had with uh, Johnny Dick one night. Oh, was it, uh, how long ago was that? Uh, back in probably November, right around, around the time I was getting serious about doing the podcast mm-hmm. and I just hadn't come up with a name with it for it yet. And he said, have you thought about calling it Gabba Gabba Hunt? And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> like that's, that's the name. I'm going to call it Gabba Gabba Hunt. And then the, I sent him a message about five minutes later. I was like, and you know what? I think I'm going to bring the zine back with it. So it, the, the, the project blossomed pretty quick. I know really. So that was like November last year. Yeah. And here we are now basically in February. Yes. And this is like, damn, <laughs> you, you've fucking gone. It's like, damn, it's like, we have to respect the hustle. <laughs> I know, right? But with the experience with the zine, did it um, feel like you were just getting back on the horse, just like n- like uh, nothing uh, you picked up right where you left off when uh, launching it back up uh, that, and kind of made it easier? That part of it's coming a little bit slower. Because oh, really? Because the podcast sort of took, it was on the front burner and that got pushed back a little bit. Gotcha. So I've been writing some reviews and, and I'm, you know, I, I'm not the greatest review writer, but I feel like I, I do a pretty decent job of capturing somebody's sound and, and words. Um, but I've been trying to get better and get back into the, the writing flow because I never felt like I was that good at to begin with. But I now that you. I've had some English classes in college and stuff, and, and, and I just feel like I'm, I'm a better writer these days. 
Um, and you got I still, the experience I'm still behind you. Of the things I write, but I, <laughs> I, I really want to convey, you know, how great these records are that that people should be listening to. But you're also a musician, and a musician's take is always better than a critic's take that doesn't know how to play music. I think so. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. So, yeah. so even if you're, I, I can't do writing no good. You know, even if you feel like you know you you are better now because you took English classes. You know, regardless the emotion and the idea and the standpoint that you have as a musician and as a fan of music is yes. going to be a lot. It, it, that's going to shine through better. Than, I mean, hell, here I am stumbling over my words like an idiot. You don't have to know good. Me. I can't talk good. <laughs> I can't talk no good. Does that the other burp dirt? No. So I, I'm just, I'm really fucking excited to have you back, man, especially with all the stuff you're, we've been going. So I feel this is going to be a pretty decent little fat episode. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I, I had the idea for the podcast for, for, for a while. And then you guys, you know, you came out and did it. And I was like, hell yeah, man, I really should do a fucking podcast. <laughs> you know, I've been thinking about it. I should really do one. And, and then you guys, I, I kept listening. I was like, I love what these guys are doing. It's so great. And it just inspired me more and more along the way. Like, okay, I've got to do this. And last year was, to not really go into a whole lot of detail, last year was a weird year for me. And, and I spent the first half of the year just trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm 45 years old. Um, I'll be 46 in two weeks. Um, but, you know, I, I was 45 years old trying to figure out what my place is in life. And I love playing in the band. But other than that, I've never really found my footing. Yeah. Music has always been it. And so it took me probably up until right around November before everything just started to click. I don't know what happened, but everything started to click. And then that's when I decided I was going to do it. And then not long after I had that conversation, um, Probably two weeks later, I just decided I'm going to release it on Christmas Day, and I didn't really tell anybody about it. Yeah, I just decided this is what I'm going to do, um, and so I did it. <laughs> I, I think I was in the car. We were going to Memphis to my aunt's house, and I saw that pop up on my feed. Going, and I was just like, "Oh, word!" <laughs> just put that in my headphones on the way to it. And, yeah. and that's and that's honestly the best way to do it is just jump in and say, "Screw it," you know. And and that's and that's. I wish we had done that earlier because I'll, I'll say right. that there were two things that kept us, at least kept me from jumping into it uh, early on. One, I knew that I was going to wind up taking over the editing and the recording and everything else. And I wasn't mentally ready for it at that time <laughs> because it's like I knew I wasn't going to be able to hand it off to someone to do that. That who even if I was just going to be on the back burner, not even like the host. Yeah. I would still want to be in control of the audio editing yeah, and the yeah. formatting and, you know, silent producer even. Like, even if I wasn't fully a part of the show, be like, hey, this episode, why don't y'all talk about this? this? This would be pretty funny. You know, go kind of thing. So it's like I knew I'd still want to be part of it and I just wasn't mentally ready for it. And the second reason was uh, because of Levi from No Anger Control. Yeah. Right around that time I was wanting to do it, he started talking about doing it. Oh, yeah, it. I remember that. And I'm not one of those people that ever wants to be perceived as a piggybacker or an idea stealer or anything like that. So as soon as I saw him wanting to do that, I was like, fuck, if I start doing it now, people are going to be like, oh, because he's going to do it. Like, ah, no, he, he's already gotten the word out there first. Let, all right, let, let him get his head start first. So, and then he never fucking did it. Yeah. And I'm just like, right? son of a bitch. <laughs> I love you, Levi. I know you listen, but goddamn, I gave you a chance. I wanted you to do it first. <laughs> I, I remember the same thing. Cause I remember like sending him a message going, dude, you should do this. I said, yeah, I'd love to I was be a excited. guest on there. And I remember telling I, him. I sent him a message too. I was like, I would love to be part of yeah. it. Cause I was getting the itch. I was like, Ooh, this might be the fun way to kind of slip in and start doing it. <laughs> exactly. And I even told him, I said, I've been thinking about doing the same thing at the time. Me and my brother were talking about doing a podcast and it would have been a little less locally music focused. It would have been some of that, but he wanted to talk about, you know, just 
make it very random. Yeah. And that, that would have been fine. But then my brother just kind of backed out. And I, that, that took the wind out of my sails a little bit because then I was like, okay, well, now what do I do? I'm by myself again. Um, and then, like I said, I just went through that first half of the year last year where everything was cloudy and then the Van Husken CD and I had to focus on all that and yeah. all the little trials and tribulations that came with that thing. Although <laughs> in the end, it worked out great. Um, but um, it just it just took a while for me to finally get to it. When I did, it's I'm, I'm so glad I finally did. And I don't really Definitely. care anymore so much about thinking about what I'm doing it because of this person's doing it or whatever. I'm just glad everybody's out here doing it. And exactly. I'm, I'm hoping that more people will do it. I'm hoping Levi's still. Yeah, really. Yeah, really. And that's what I'm saying is that's why I kind of put it back in the atmosphere again. Hopefully, he, if he does listen, you'll be like, oh, fuck. But I do it, need to do this again. Between you, Johnny, and this, and there's like a nice little media group mm-hmm. like local music going on right and now. Then, uh, well, but me and Levi will be working on something soon. So I'll probably be awesome. with, with him next weekend. So. Yeah, and one of the things. Uh, that it's like I kind of like about yours is you kind of split it off to doing two because early on we did try that because uh, we were doing couch potatoes on the Patreon which still yeah. hadn't been canceled we just got to get back we into just it don't again. have time for it yeah. but, but I'm thinking <laughs> I of, understand I, I want to think I'm kind of wanting to reformat it I might turn it into video content instead of a uh, commentary thing like yeah. the commentary tracks will probably still do but i kind of actually want to branch out and do more with couch potatoes yeah so that's kind of the reason i kind of put it on the back burner i was like i kind of want to do this a little different almost yeah. like a reboot so so it'll be coming soon we'll but, figure it out but one of the things that we did start out early on uh doing that didn't it caught on but it didn't really catch on the way i wanted it to but a lot of people started asking about it again <laughs> so we're gonna reboot <laughs> sorry i saw jay and silent bob reboot recently i that, that word is just stuck in my head <laughs> so we're gonna reboot that shit and we're gonna bring back our voicemail hotline number as always that number is 513-463-sgfy see i even took the fucking time to get like the acronym of the show as the last four digits <laughs> it's like come on yeah i'll call the fucking voicemail number and to get you back into the swing of things and talking about just our different projects and shit our first voicemail caller i totally didn't tell him to do what he did when i was in the room because we were talking about bringing the segment back but from the one and only tony leone from the grave rollers and super jet congratulations what are you like thrown confetti <laughs> yeah congratulations i'm here with the one and only alex Jess on he's a cheating little slut on a second podcast. <laughs> Unfreaking believable. Little did all y'all know that Alex fancies himself a branding, marketing, social meds, as the millennials say, specialist, entrepreneur. <laughs> and Alex, I love you. I'm happy to have you on board. Something good for you. Love your episodes. Love the show. Congratulations. Cap. And that's it. <laughs> I'm just here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, he kind of looked at me and just kind of shrugged and then hung up the phone. <laughs> Fine. Me, not so much. <laughs> no. So that was totally not. No, I actually didn't tell him to call, but I was going to talk about that a little bit because you branching off and finally doing all that. It feels like everyone's finally getting back into the swing because we even talked about this a little bit before the um, microphone is turned on that everyone feels like we're getting back into that creative groove. Yeah. And even with that, something that Tony and I talked about last year on the, po- well, that's over a year ago on the podcast, let's say, um, 
is we're starting up our own business show. Yeah. <laughs> always uh, takes a year, doesn't it? It always <laughs> takes a year. We, we talked about doing Superjet yeah. for a year, and then it finally happened. And then around that same time, we were talking about branching off and doing a separate show. Uh, and now we're finally doing it. And it's going to be coming from the aspect where Tony is, you know, an entrepreneur and a sales expert. And he has his certain strengths, but he's not quite sure about the digital space, you yeah. know, and, and doing like marketing and such like that. Whereas with me, I have very basic knowledge of sales, like retail sales. Sure, I had sales numbers that I had to reach or I'd be in trouble or, you know, if I exceeded those, I got a bonus, you know. So there was still, an ex, you know, a little bit of that, but he deals with, you know, six-figure deals. Yeah. I was dealing with maybe $200 worth of clothes, right. <laughs> you know. There's, there's, a, there's a little bit of a discrepancy, but doing the podcast, doing the band stuff, and I'm sure you're even, you know, aware of, you, you're even doing this now, you kind of start getting a knack for the social media yeah. shit. Yeah. And I had just been doing that for, you know, so long that now it's to the point where I can kind of look at pages and strategize and I'm kind of honing that craft in some. And I'm going to be helping Tony on the back end promote his uh, sales courses, mm -hmm. like through his Instagram. So I'm going to be doing a lot of his filmography and editing the new show where he kind of starts teaching me some sales. And then he's like, but I can't, you know, what are we fucking doing on this, that and the other? And yeah. I'll be like, okay, well, maybe a better way to reach this audience would be this, that and the other. And I'm going to be kind of working as the silent producer and the person listening to the show, asking the questions the yeah. every man, whereas like he's going to be laying down the knowledge and I'll be like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to be kind of a fun thing because we're not going to censor ourselves either. It's going to be real talk, even mm -hmm. though it's going to be business centric and very serious. We're, we're not censoring ourselves. If we have to, if a fuck works in that situation, a fuck works in that situation. Yeah. It's like, we're not going to be, you know, super slick and professional about it. Um, the, it's going to be called Wine and Wealth. <laughs> and because I'm sure y'all be oh, I'm sorry. Well, I was going to say no, because Tony's just going to crack open a bottle of wine and everyone defines wealth differently. Mm -hmm. You know, some people define wealth as money. Some people define wealth in friends, you know, yeah. so uh, physical things, mental things, emotional things. People define wealth in different ways. Let's figure out those different ways you define it to provide yourself the most wealth possible. So it's not going to be strictly money centric. It's going to be not even really self-help, but it's just going to be... Kind of a, the idea of something good for you, but on a way that you can actually benefit your life. Okay. <laughs> so that's just going to be a fun separate thing that I think I'm going to enjoy because it's going to be something totally different okay. that I've not done before. And it's going to give me an outlet to be able to edit videos in ways that I've not edited before. And, you know, just kind of look at things from a different aspect because everything I've done has been very me centric. Yeah. You know, it's like, Ooh, this is the way I like the way this looks, uh -huh. you know, and shit like that. Now I'm going to be going from, um, okay, Tony, what are you looking for? Mm -hmm. And start kind of go at it from that aspect. So that part I'm honestly kind of excited on to be kind of freelancing, if that makes any yeah. sense. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love doing that shit. So it's like, I'm finally branching out and doing all that stuff. You resurrect, uh, you get the idea to resurrect your magazine and then yep. the podcast mm -hmm. and stuff. Um, tell me about the idea of separating it off into the two separate shows. So you've got the Gabba Gabba Talks yeah, the Gabba and then Gabba the Gabba Gabba, Gabba Radio. So the, the, the idea for the podcast from, from the beginning was always going to be just talking. It was right. going to be in conversation. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought about how I wanted it to be about local music because that's what I... No, I mean, I know more than local music, but I've been in the scene for 30 years myself, almost 30 years. And you kept and, up with it over the years. Yeah, and I kept did up with it over the years. I've had my times when I wasn't as involved because I, I have kids. And, and right. you know, when they were younger, it was just harder to get out. But um, And so there's, there's, there's a couple of gaps I have, but I'm, I'm, I'm learning about those times. 
I've got friends that were involved during those times. So it's, you know, I can fill that in pretty easily. But it's still something I'm passionate about. Right. Especially being in the music scene these days and seeing how great the music scene is, how many great bands there are out there. But then looking around and seeing how many people are out at the shows and how few people, well, how few people are out at the shows, I should say. And let alone how many, how few media outlets there are for. Exactly. That, well, that's a part of it. of it. You know, and I started thinking about, you know, I just really want to make this podcast about local music. And not only about what's going on today, but it's really important that we remember the past because there's a lot of great bands out there that put out some really good music that has, time has sort of forgotten. Yeah. Unless you were around then, or even if you were around then, until you hear these songs again, you don't remember how great they were and how... Oh, yeah. And, and I, like when I'm listening to some of these bands I haven't listened to in years, like there's a few of them that I listen to pretty regularly, you know, that I listen to from 30 years ago. But there's some that I haven't listened to since 30 years ago and when I listen to them I'm like oh I remember this song and it just brings back this flood of memories so I, I thought that by you know talking about music and talking to people about their history of music would be good mm-hmm. and, and something that people might want to hear it might draw a few people back into local music right well then I started doing so there's a, there's a podcast a guy here that lives here in Charlotte does a podcast called Spit in My Face and I talked to him about it because I'm like you know he, he's in Charlotte he does play some Charlotte bands but it's not locally focused. Yeah. And I hooked up with him because he played our band on there and he invited me to come by one night and we talked. And then I got to thinking, well, you know, if you don't want to play, you know, because he, he plays a lot of like national stuff. He's, mm-hmm. he's into like, no, nothing wrong with it, but like the no effects style of punk yeah. rock. And that's, and he listens to a lot of other different styles, but it's, you know, a lot of bigger bands like that. And they're not big bands, but bigger. Or, or just kind of plays whatever he wants. Yeah. And, and then like sprinkles in No Anger Control, Queen City Rejects every now and then. Right on. And I was like, you know, why don't I just do a segment on there? If you let me like, because he was talking about doing some stuff like that anyway. It's like, I'll just come on, I'll introduce like local bands and then maybe I'll play some from the past. And then as soon as I did it, I thought, this could be another aspect of Gabba Gabba Hunt. I could do a radio show where I do like 30, 45 minutes of music once a week and just play a bunch of old songs and maybe talk about it just a little bit, but not make it too yeah. talk heavy. Just just basically play music, have it be completely radio style, but not something that takes forever to listen to. Oh, absolutely. And, and I'm really glad you did that because... When we were coming up with the idea of something good for you, it was the idea of, you know, so many things can be good for you, whether it be music, movie, book, you know, comic, you know, just any sort of content that, you know, you enjoy. Sift through the bullshit to find the something good for you, you know? That was kind of the concept. And, and of course, with us both being musicians, of course, music was going to play a big aspect of that. And this also forming from the original show, Fifth Man Radio, where that was also (laughs) very musician-centric. yeah. We still wanted to carry on with that tradition some, but I quickly kind of found that if we, it's like we either needed to do a better job or abandon it. Because where I was kind of sitting with it, kind of trying to push certain uh, local things, I was finding that I wasn't truly hitting the mark. I was doing the same thing Frankie was doing. I was just pushing what I wanted to push. Yeah, and if it right. was truly going to be something that was pushing locals, I either knew it needed to do a better job or rethink the idea. Yeah. So it's like we just rethought the idea of, all right, fuck it. We're just going to be a talk show format where, you know, we just talk about whatever. And if we bring in, you know, a local musician, all right, now that's when we talk about them. Yeah. You yep. know, but 
I'm not going to stress myself trying to focus on all the local aspects because I just didn't have the emotional energy for it or the yeah. mental energy for it. And that's why I'm so glad that we've got Johnny G uh, being able to do his Maverick Minute, oh, yeah. <clears throat> which uh, basically focuses on, you know, everything going on, you know, throughout the Charlotte weekend just and everything. little audio concert calendar, if yeah. you will. Absolutely. Which, fuck it. Uh, <laughs> Speaking we, of. We, we, we did the fucking voicemail. We didn't do Johnny segment. Johnny, real quick, do the fucking Maverick Minute. Man, can you believe they forgot me all the way this far into the program? I'm usually in the first five minutes. It's Johnny G reporting for 20XX with your Maverick Minute. In between Gabba Gabba Huh and something good for you, getting along nicely in the studio. So, I'm not bitter or anything, but it's Friday, February 7th that we need to talk about, which is when you're getting this program over on Spotify. So, let's move on to our first and foremost, the evening news. Elliot Bronson comes in at 7 p.m., followed by Arson Daly with High Roller, Holy Roller, at 10 p.m. The world famous Milestone Club, Never I with Harm, Empty, Reason to Find, and East Ridian at 8. Over at the Neighborhood Theater, we have Davey Knowles with Justin Cody Fox at 8 p.m. Over at the Visual Theater, we have Town Mountain with Cottle Creek. It is not a location. That's 7 p.m. Followed by, and this is the first release of the month, Pullover's Forever Album Release Party with Gasp, Wine Pride, and DJ Scott Weaver at 9 p.m. Over at Petro's, we have Love Machine, a gallery opening at 8 p.m. Over at the Fillmore, St. Motel, a motion picture show at 7. Next door over the underground, we have Fanny and Friends presents Sainted, a trap choir DJ party at 9 p.m. Over at Ames to South then one of two shows this weekend, the sweet spot, the Soaring Twenties Burlesque at 8. Over at Skylark Social Club, it's Like Mike with Bloom, Def Andrews, Aim High, and Jordan Zeno at 8. Over at Tommy's Pub, we have Graveyard Boulevard with Slack Babbitt and The Wall Burns at 8. Thomas Street Tavern, Hector and Chondo Band at 10 p.m. Over at Smokey Joe's, it's Snakes with the Houston Brothers at 10. Heist Brewing, Brown-Eyed Women, The Grateful Dead Tribute at 7. Moving on to your Saturday, the Eden Muse has three slots open on that day. If you got a ticket to the first sold-out performance, Shane Moss, Head Talks Comedy Tour at 3. Followed by at 7, Tony Luca with Rebecca Corell at 7 p.m. See Street with The Professor with DJ Jet at 10 p.m. over the world-famous Milestone Club. Local Only Saturday with DJ Teddy and Mike Byer. Free from 4 to 8 p.m. Followed by Electro Hex with DJ Price at 8. That ain't free, but it ain't expensive. The Neighborhood Theater, Big Something with Andy Fresco in the UN and Kyle Anders at 8 p.m. Over the Vigilant Theater, it's Indecision at 7. Snug Harbor, Johnson Brothers 28th Annual Valentine's Bash with Hardcore Lounge, Temperance League, and Julian Calendar at 9 p.m. It's a week early, kind of, but, you know, whatever. Petra's Mardi Gras celebration with Carolina Gator Combo at 8. Over at the Fillmore, 106.5, The End presents Cold War Kids at 6. Over at the Underground, we have Low Music at 7 p.m. Ames the South End, part 2 of shows. We have Purgatory coming back in the picture just in time for the Valentine's season. Mask of the Red Death at 8. 
Skylark Social Club Rotation Open Decks at 9. Over at Tommy's Pub, Doom Cabaret, My Bloody Valentine Edition at 8. Who Knows Records is opening up their house show with Problematic, Tongues with Fire, Tongues of Fire, Ugly Runner, and Burn Brothers at 8. I make mistakes sometimes too. Smoky Joe's Bloodworth Project at 10. Heist Brewing, Arts Fishing Club with The Wilt and Emily Sage at 7. Finally, on to your Sunday, the evening news, the Barefoot Movement starts at 7. Be there, be square. Snug Harbor, Bone Snugs and Harmony Carrier comes in with the best spot in the city to sing your heart out at 6 p.m. Tip Top Market, Don Tettling's Tip Top Mysteries, which is actually a really cool event, happens at 7. And last but not least, Rabbit Hole Charlotte Brute Blues Society presents Chris O'Leary Band at 6. Now to kind of go over some of the new episodes, you're hearing it on Something Good For Your Podcast with Mike Phillips. Well, guess what? It's going to be the Phillips talking with Gavin Mahan with episode 5. Alt Talks, episode 34. They're talking about record labels, but also talking with the discoveries out of Raleigh. And Spin My Face podcast, episode 303. You got a nice, cool couple tunes that Frankie's going to put on for you along with his interview with On The Cinder. Those three episodes are live on The Point with Spotify now, so go check them out wherever you have it available, phone, computer, whatever. And come check your boy Johnny G over on the WordPress. We got a couple articles rolling out. Should have rolled out by this point, so when you're listening to this, maybe you should go over there. Also check me out on Instagram, over on Facebook, and wherever you can find me. This has been your Maverick Bennett. Sayonara, suckers. Whoops. Sorry, Johnny. <laughs> but yeah, anyway. Um, so no, I'm just really glad that you're really focusing on doing local music and all that stuff because I really did want to try to help out with that. But I, again, just found that I really wasn't truly helping with it that much. And I don't think that was the intention at first either. We would have like bands come in that we were friends with and hang yeah. out and then plug right. all their but, stuff. But at the same time, like on episodes with Mikey, I still wanted to make sure and like find ways to shout out and you know talk about all the things that were still going on locally. Right. But then I also saw when I was looking at our listenership, Again, much like with our music, our main listenership was not in Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah. You know, we, we have a lot more listeners in other states, you know? So it's like with Johnny now doing his, you know, Maverick Minute, we're kind of hoping, you know, people kind of realize like, hey, we are trying to truly help the local scene. But at the same time, it felt almost a little counterintuitive to be talking about the local scene if a lot of the locals weren't fucking listening, you know? Yeah. It's like, why am I talking about something that these other people are like, who the fuck are these guys? Yeah. <laughs> you <Right>. know? <laughs> and I was honestly getting some of that. They were like, you know, I don't, I got a tweet or two that was like, you know, hey, you got listeners in Arizona. I was like, oh. Oh, word. Cool, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, understood. <laughs> I see what you're saying. Thank you. <laughs> so I, I'm just really glad you're doing that. And especially digging in and finding the old stuff. Yeah. Because that, that was something I enjoy doing with this, because still at the end of every episode, which of course this one's going to have Van Huskins, uh, but at the end of every episode, I try to dig in and try to find something that you know I can actually post that's not going to be nabbed by the content thing, yeah, which right. winds up being old music. Oh, yeah. And I've thoroughly enjoyed doing that because since I don't really use an iPod anymore and I don't really have CD player out or anything like that, I've got a turntable, my cassette deck, and then my phone. That's it. So the content I listen to music-wise, if it's not on streaming service, 
I might look it up on YouTube if I really want to hear it, but it's nine times out of 10. If it's not on Spotify, I'm not listening to it because it's just so, you know, inconvenient to try to get. So with having to find music to put on the end of this episode, it's made me open back up my iTunes and kind of sift through and look for the gold and exactly what you were saying. It's like, it takes you right back. Like, Oh my God, I forgot about this. I've not heard this in literally 10 years, you know, for me at least, because that's how long it's been since I've, actively used a computer before this show was about 10 years. Everything else was always on my phone. So it's like to actually dig back in and find all this stuff. It's just, it's been really exciting. What would be probably the stuff that you've found digging through that you're like, Holy shit, I can't believe I found this or has there been one? Well, um, sort of, I guess. I mean, just, just finding stuff like the, you know, the, the cigarettes, which was like the considered the first punk band from North Carolina. Right. It wasn't really surprising that I found it, but I was just glad that I was able to. Um, there's been some things I'm surprised I haven't been able to find more so than, than, than things that I've been surprised to find. Cause I can usually find at least one song by any band on YouTube. Right. Um, a lot of times though, it ends up being like a live video that's, that, that you can't really be used. Right. Right. But with through YouTube, you can find a lot of stuff. Uh, but there are certain bands out there and I just wonder if it's maybe by design, if they, before I play any of their music, I'm going to make sure. Um, but Bloody Mary, we talked about them on the, the last mm-hmm. time you, I was over here. And you sent me their uh, the catalog just yeah, about. <laughs> I, I sent you the, that one cassette, but I don't really want to know what to do with it because it might not be out there for a reason. It might right. be that, that, that they don't want it out there. So I kind of wonder if in those circumstances it's because I can't find it because they don't want it out there or can I not find it because if you search for Bloody Mary, you're going to come up with all kinds of stuff. Exactly. If you put Bloody Mary heavy metal, you're going to still come up with all kinds of stuff. Um, but it's it just, you know... So I'm going to be careful about certain things in the future as to what I use. But I figure for the most part, a lot of these bands that this music hasn't been available for years are going to be just happy that it's out there. I would think so. And you haven't gotten hit up by anybody saying like, hey, what's all this about or whatever with no, the music yet. or anything just, like you know, that. But like I said, I've, I've started reaching out to certain bands before. I just in case. Just, just in case. If I figure, feel like there's any kind of reason. But you know, in a lot of cases, I'm just going to go ahead and play it because there's five different people in that band and I only know how to get in touch with one of them. Right. And, and I've, I found because we actually do have permission from the super suckers to use their song, something yeah. good for you in the intro. But even the way that kind of transpired is when I was able to reach out to Eddie, he basically said in so many words, he goes, um, better to do it and ask for forgiveness than ask permission, but you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that was even his way of just kind of going, just, just do it. I don't care. You yeah. know? So it's like, thanks I, for asking though. <laughs> yeah. He was like, thanks for asking, but I genuinely don't care. Exactly, do whatever. Yeah, yeah. So it, I find that you're probably going to get that a lot from musicians. So man, I, I would say just just play whatever the fuck you want. Mostly I am, but again, like I said, if I can't find if it's one of those that I'm like, man, I can't believe I can't find anything Thank about for- this band, it might just be that that they don't want it out there. Well, bringing that part back up, has there been anything that you're surprised you haven't been able to find? Bloody Mary was one of them. Yeah. Just that there's nothing out there. Um, I think I may have found a live video, but not much more beyond that. What about from like your personal archives? Has there been like anything from that that you've ran through? You're like, holy crap. I still have a copy of this or, oh my God, I forgot I have yeah, this. Yeah, there are. There have been a few things. I can't think of anything right off the top and of And you my don't head. have to spoil anything. There but. are. Like I found, a, I was looking through some of my cassettes the other day and I found a, a case and cover for a band called Crayon Nation. And I was like, oh shit, I remember them. They were so great. Yeah. 
I can't find the cassette. Oh, it's damn. separated from the case, and now I'm going to just drive myself crazy with the boxes <laughs> trying to find it because they were an excellent band, and I'd completely forgotten about them. Right. Crown and, Nation, if you're listening. <laughs> and, and honestly, I can't go on. I mean, I've already looked on YouTube. It's yeah. not there. It's so, um, well, something I know we talked about briefly, but I feel this is a pretty good segue to it, is uh, you're asking about you know different ways you could utilize your YouTube. With all this all these old bands that you're finding, I honestly recommend archiving that on YouTube because exactly what you're saying is you can't find this stuff better to, you know, ask for forgiveness than permission. Uh, If you run across those old demo tapes, do what a lot of those people do on YouTube and just make a 30 minute video with, with the album cover and in the description, you know, put the songs Mm -hmm. and you know, the titles and everything. So they can just click the number and jump right to it. But start uploading those old singles and EPs to YouTube because I feel that especially with the spirit in which you're going about all this, you're really coming from it almost from I look at it from an archivist point of view. Well, that's yeah, exactly. And that's actually that's probably the next step of this project. I I would be tickled to death death to see you do that. I would love to start seeing you upload your old archives of bands because Again, there, there. I can't think of any right off the top of my head, but I have run into those same situations where I'm like, "Ooh, I forgot about this band," and just do a search because I maybe want to talk about it on my Facebook, and that's the easiest way to get something yeah. shared. And maybe I just have like an old 96 kilobyte MP3 on my computer, and I don't mm-hmm. feel like doing anything with, and I can't find anything about them online. Yep. And, and honestly, because other people have done that, is the reason I've been able to find some of the stuff that I've been able to find. Exactly, and even. Like, I've got things in, in my collection, seven inches, that I went on YouTube and I found. Somebody else has already done it, so it saved me a little bit of time from having to convert my own. But at the same time, if you listen to it and it sounds like garbage and you know you can do better. I've done that too. That is a situation where you can even improve that YouTube ecosystem. Because it's because even for me personally, I don't know if a lot of people would do this, but for me, if I'm looking for a song that I need to pull on YouTube to use in the show... I try to look for the most recently uploaded version Mm -hmm. because that means that person more than likely has a higher quality track. YouTube's encoding is probably better than it used to be and everything else. So I'm going to have a higher chance at getting a good quality rip from this video that has maybe a hundred views than the music video that has 16,000, that kind of thing. Well, it's it's almost like you read my mind because like I said, that's kind of the next step of this project. Excellent. To to start archiving some of this stuff because... You know, you think about these seven inches that these bands released 30 years ago. There's probably maybe at most 300 copies of them out there. Right. You know, at that point, there may, may have been fewer than that. Oh, yeah. Uh, but there's there's a lot of that stuff out there that is never going to be see release again. Mm-hmm. Those bands aren't going to take the time to, to digitize them and upload them to Spotify or anything. That like was going to be my next thing. It's like, man, you're also going to run into people that may be like, nah, I don't want anything to do with it. Mainly because they personally don't want to deal with mm-hmm. and you they may be misreading the message of you going hey can i use this and them thinking oh that means i have to dig it up and do something no 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 fuck that when in reality if you just uploaded it and put it up there they might look at it and go oh man i haven't even heard this in 20 years yeah, well, from bands that and, have completely moved on and shit like I mean, that hell, even annie seen and jeff jeff still personally gets excited if someone uploads like an old video transfer that yeah. they've never seen he's like he's like fuck that don't ask my permission i want to see it he goes yeah. if you've got something old of ours posted uploaded i want to see it so you know i i feel that a lot of bands that you know like you said maybe did a run of 300 records Fuck, 
those bands probably moved more than they used a roll of toilet paper, you know? So it's like they probably didn't stay in one place long enough to, you know, hold on to their shit. They might not even have a copy it of might that be the anymore. the first time they've heard it in 30 years. Yeah, and they might not even have something to pull from. And they're like, holy fuck, thank God someone uploaded the 7-inch. I remember loving playing in this band when I was in high school. <laughs> no, man, I'm really excited that you're going through all that because I wish I had the drive to do that. Yeah. I just I just don't. So it's like I'm definitely going to be picking backing on yours going yay mike's doing it <laughs> and you're really the only guy in town i know that wants to take on that too because i've only been here maybe like five or six years and i've already seen so many uh versions of the scene come and go but punk the punk rock has always been consistent mm-hmm. and uh everybody talks about the history behind it and how uh, much of a legacy this uh charlotte actually has as far as underground punk rock so yeah. it's kind of cool to see it go in this direction well i've been playing like i said for almost 30 years really in the charlotte scene for about 27 the first few years I was playing, it was just in Kings Mountain. Just right. doing locally. I mean, on a very, very small scale. We couldn't get a show at the Milestone. We weren't ready yet. Um, but So I've been involved for a long time, and, and when I'm playing these days, I look around and to the band to my left, the band to my right. It's all people I've been playing with for 27 years. So these yeah. people are still playing music. How do you and then th- there's people out there that, that used to see at shows all the time that you know still listen to music, that still listen to good music, that still go out to the big shows. When Jack White comes around, they'll be out there. But, you know, you don't ever see them at local shows. Yeah, right. So a part of this, by sort of by design, is, well, let me play these old bands that these people haven't heard for a while, the bands that they remember seeing at the Milestone, you know, 20, 25 years ago. Maybe get a, a paper zine in their hands, if they can see that. Maybe just kind of like, just dig into that nostalgia a little bit and maybe get them a little bit more involved in the scene to say, hey, you know, these guys that I watched 25 years ago, that dude's still playing in a band that's playing at Tommy's Pub this weekend. I should mm-hmm. go see him. So that that was actually a good little segue. There, there's two things I want to comment on that, which is one, I feel like kind of like what you were saying about, you know, maybe a national comes through and you start seeing all, you know, the, the people that used to come out to shows come out, but maybe not the locals so much anymore. I don't think that we'd be in too much of a disagreement in that within the last two years, the local ecosystem has kind of shifted some. Mm-hmm. There's kind of been a new attitude, but definitely... Starting in the early 2000s, almost for the first part of the 2000s up to like maybe 2010, there was kind of a rift between the new scene and the old scene. Mm -hmm. And it kind of got volatile for a minute to the point where the old scene just kind of went, all right, fuck you, young bucks, and just kind (laughs) of dissipated. And I've kind of heard that from a few like different completely different genre bands and different like yeah. people unconnected to each other. So it wasn't like just a specific scene of people. It was, you know, it was, it was an everyone kind of thing. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I feel that within the last few years, I'd say maybe the last five, there's been a little bit more to kind of bridge those gaps and everyone kind of coming back together into the fold. Cause even what you were saying, you kind of disappeared, even though it was for family reasons, mm-hmm. You still, even just you weren't part of the scene yeah. for a minute, but now you are coming back. So I feel that there's a lot more people that are kind of under that same wing with you of, you know, I want to get back out there either for the personal reasons I'm going to set behind or now that I personally have time because my kids are older and now they're playing in bands and fuck it. Dad wants to be in a band too. God yeah. damn it. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that's, that's more or less kind of the way it's went. Now, I don't know. I wasn't really involved in the scene around that time. Yeah. I, and most of the people that I look around and I see playing in bands, I don't think we're involved in the scene around that time because yeah. I look around and I see a bunch of people who are parents mm-hmm. who were in the same situation as me about 10 years ago. Their yeah. kids were at the age where they couldn't get out. So just even going out to see a show 
was hard, mm-hmm. much less trying to play in a band. Yeah. So what I'm seeing now is like a resurgence of these people coming back going, okay, well, my kids are older now. I've got more freedom. I love playing music. Let me get back out there and play music again. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm seeing. And I'm hoping that, you know, some, maybe some of the people that used to be involved in the scene as fans mm-hmm. are getting to be in that same boat as well. And maybe yeah. they'll start to come back out and see these people that they've been seeing play for 30 years. Oh, yeah. Just in a different band now. Still playing music just as good, if not better, in a lot of cases than they exactly. were back then. Oh, yeah. And and the second part on that one to hit on, which is, you know, we kind of mentioned it a few times, which is the resurrection of the zine. What's, what made you want to do that in the first place when it first started up? Um, well, when we were like 1996, we were, we were a lot younger then, of course. Yeah. And we were uh, playing in a band called The Accidents, and we were playing at the Milestone all the time. And zines were just a, a part of the culture. Yeah. And there were a few people around here that had them, but... Not there weren't a whole lot of them. Me and Eric just decided we were going to do one. Yeah. Um, so we put together the first one. It was a lot of fun, and then we were going to keep doing it. Second one came out. I went back and read the second one recently, and uh, apparently it was a lot more work than 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 we thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Especially for that time, we were a lot younger and and just cared more about partying than anything. Right. Um, so the second one was a lot lighter in content, <laughs> and we 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 promised the next one won't take so long to come out. Well. Cut forward to, to like 23 years later. <laughs> I'm thinking, so now uh, issue issue three of Gavin Gavahan will be coming out 23 years after the, the second one. Are you going to do a re- <laughs> You should repress issue one and two as one. I, they, I have thought about it. Put and, it in an auction. Yeah. Oh, no, <laughs> so there's, just there's, do a repress. Not I know, an but if, if this like takes off or whatever, these could be collector's items like the yeah. old scenes or, so, or something I, like I that. I thought about it. There's nothing in there that's too bad, but I'm a little embarrassed about some of my writing at the time. Just, just because... My ideals were a little bit different. I was younger, and you can call I, it. Gap- I just, I just say it this way: the times have changed a little bit. And, I got gotcha. you. And it's not, it's not that it's that bad. There's nothing yeah. that bad. To, to, just to kind of clarify. No, it, but the times have changed, and so I don't know what's acceptable now and what's not. We don't but. either. <laughs> Trust me, there is so much that happens even in the pre-roll that we're just like, good thing we're getting this out now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and again, it's nothing bad, but it's still stuff. It's like. You don't know what's going to rustle someone's feathers. Exactly. Oh, my God. It's free for everybody. There's so, kids. Yeah. <laughs> so I do I do plan on that. I've, I've, I've um, put some of that stuff on Facebook when I first was looking for content. When I first started the Facebook page, like weeks before I posted anything, any, yeah. kind, of, any kind of actual content. But I'll, I'll reprint some of it, mm-hmm. but not all of it. There's, yeah. just, there's just not a, there's not a room for all of it. And some of it, it just honestly, some I just I'm just really embarrassed about my writing. Oh no, I can totally feel that. And um, I was kind of talking about digging through like you know your old iTunes and stuff. I was finding like old guitar demos I had done, and I'm just like. What was I thinking? This, this ain't good. <laughs> I'm like, this has no structure. I don't know what timing I'm doing. What? Ew. But I do know several I people that still two. have copies of the zine out there. They still oh, yeah? have them to this day that, that if you want to. But that's down, cool, though. But, but you, you, that has to hold some sort of like. I don't necessarily want to say pride because, you know, that, 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 well, because people, again, you don't know what's going to rustle people's feathers. Sometimes the word pride, people, you know, conceive that as, you know, arrogance where that has to, okay, here we go. That has to make you feel good to know that, you know, after all these years, you know, someone held on to some fucking paper you made. Yeah, exactly. It's like of all formats. It's like, it's one thing, you know, for someone to find an old cassette tape yeah, exactly. or an old seven inch vinyl, you know, something that, you know, can maybe go through, you know, a drop on the floor, you know, a you know, spill of some drink or something. But it's like one of the most, 
degradable formats mm-hmm. newspaper. It's like someone actually held on to that after all those years. That has to be cool. Well, I get that because I've, I've still got a box of old zines that I picked up at shows back in the early 90s. So yeah. It's stuff that I've held on for years and uh, held on to for years and I'll still, I won't throw it out. But see, that, and I think that's the reason we all do exactly what we're doing now mm-hmm. is so that it's like we, I mean, you can see right there, I've got a stack of old, you know, magazines and stuff. You know, I enjoy that stuff too. Yeah. And it's like, we all want to create something that someone is going to have exactly. in their collection mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Even if it was just one person, if one person was just like, yes, I like this, you know, CD enough to add it to my collection. Mm-hmm. It's like that, that feels satisfying. It's like, yes, I, I'm created that moment for someone that the moment I've gotten from so many other people, I was able to give that to someone else. What magazines do you have stacked right there? Uh, Honestly, like old hip parader and stuff like that. Things that had just have kiss articles in it. (laughs) Old cream magazines and shit like that. Yeah. There's an old cream in there though. Um, There's like some old no name, uh, late 80s, early 90s ones that I don't remember. I, it was a stack of magazines that uh, my stepfather, Eric Stiff, had. And um, he mainly collected them just for a few Kiss articles. But there's like still some underground little punk rock ones in there that I've sifted through. And I remember finding one or two bands that I find now in my iTunes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, that, that was really about it. I actually do want to dig through those at some point again. My brother and I definitely had... Uh, I had the Guitar World magazines. I had... I just didn't have a subscription, but I would buy... A magazine, depending on who I liked on the cover and stuff like that, for about five years. Was there any sort of independent uh, stuff coming out in your area? Uh, Mac, no, not for like music or anything really? like that. No. But then again, I was in the middle of nowhere, West Tennessee, like really small town where there really wasn't a music culture or anything like that. Yeah. But well, I'm sure well, Memphis the biggest, did. Yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, did, did you? I didn't you, go to Memphis a lot. Again, I was gonna say you. You were so close to Memphis, but you still you didn't travel that did, far out. No, because it was a small town. And it was already an hour away, and uh, I don't know. But it just feels like if Memphis was an hour away, it just wasn't. And any, with how much music you like, that felt like that'd almost be a no brainer. Like, screw it, I'll drive an hour to see a show. I or, really didn't really uh, get into a you know music scene anywhere until I got to Knoxville. Yeah. And uh, Knoxville had, you know, it's a college town and it's uh, close to the mountains and it, its history was like bluegrass and country music and stuff like that. Yeah. So there's a lot of, uh, there wasn't really any punk rock or anything like that. There are like maybe three bands that would play like hard rock or anything like that, which blew my mind when I came to Charlotte, since there was such an abundance of hard rock and punk rock and things like yeah. that too. How did it get to Charlotte first? How is it so abundant in Charlotte? That's what I, I want to know. know. Metal's always been pretty big in Charlotte in this area. Mm-hmm. And, right. and punk rock for some reason has been, has been fairly, you know, big on its, uh, on its own terms. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a good question. I, I'd like to get to the bottom of that myself. Maybe I will. I was going to say, maybe yeah, I was going to say you have the, the medium way. to do it. That yeah, would maybe be I'll the person along the way that has the answer to that question. Why it's so popular. Around mm-hmm. here. And if I was going to shows in Memphis uh, in early two thousands, they were doing garage rock and stuff like that. Like right. the J retards of the world and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. uh, Lucero. Careful. Before. That band name. That was Russell Simmons Feathers. I, whoopsies. <laughs> the guy's name was spelled with R E. A T A R D. That's what it was. <laughs> so there was a lot of like, kind of like how Detroit had its uh, garage rock uh, thing in the early two thousands. Yeah, Memphis was kind of had its own version going on. Word. Yeah, but I have always noticed that that even when uh, Mom started taking me out to shows when you know I was maybe fourteen, fifteen, it was, it was a lot of you know heavy music, and now us creating music kind of hinging more on the rock and roll side. Yeah. I started looking around going. All right, AM FMs, 
Van Huskins. Uh, but I mean, you guys still play a lot of punk, though. But you'll you'll still put a little bit more rock element in yeah, yeah. than some of the other locals. Which I'm it's not a negative. I'm just looking at other rock bands, and I'm just like, oh, Self Made Monsters played around a little more. I'd put them in War uh, Boys. War Boys. Boys. But but even then, they they have to kind of take it slow because oh, yeah. you know of Jordan's health issues. Mm-hmm. So it's just you know active bands that still play often. I'm just like fuck. <laughs> I want the rock. <laughs> I know it's like there's only like one or two of like every specific form of music in town. It feels like, yeah. but then a, an abundance of punk and then abundance of heavy metal. And the yeah. good thing though is like now I don't get into the the heavy metal scene as much as as if I had plenty of time I would because I love heavy metal. It's just I, I haven't really had the time to delve into the the, the I haven't either heavy metal but, scene that much. But they but, have like the bigger, but they have a. A lot of the bands, like say your Reason Defines and stuff like that, have a consistent local audience oh, yeah, that yeah, keeps up do. with them. Yeah, and I wonder if that's just because that's just how metal fans are. And and something else I've noticed about the local scene, which maybe you can kind of touch on some, because again, you've been in a lot longer, so maybe it's had a different kind of formation. It just feels like within the last maybe three years, and I preface that this, even though we kind of toe that line every so often, feels like an abundance of tribute bands are yeah. coming out of Charlotte. Yeah, now, there seems to be a lot of them. Now, my caveat here, because I know someone's going to fucking call that voicemail number and be like, uh, excuse me, you're in Super Jet. <laughs> I'm in Slack Babbitt. <laughs> okay, well, you may not have as much room to talk, but with Super Jet, our defense on that is we don't play popular songs. We play Swedish rock songs. We yeah. play, you know, stuff that you don't hear. We're not picking, you know, you know, a very popular nineties or two thousands band to cover, you know, it's like, we're, and that's the only thing we're covering, <laughs> you know, it's like we pick other stuff and hell super jets in the middle of writing material. We're right. about to be an originals band. Yeah, it's what, like, we, we enjoyed what we did so much that we're like, fuck it. We want to write originals now. So it's yeah. <laughs> not unlike what the stones did. They were just playing all the blues artists that nobody heard of in the States yeah, and, and Zeppelin. Exactly. They, they rewrote old, old blues riffs, but it really does feel like there's an abundance of not only tribute bands specific to a singular band uh, coming out of Charlotte, but selling out the Fillmore. Well, I, th- I don't think that's a thing that's ex- exclusive to Charlotte because these it's days not. You, you can't make money playing original music. And I think a lot of musicians have figured that out. A lot of musicians have figured out if I play somebody else's music, I can sell out the Fillmore. And so if I want to, if so I want to play Rage Against the Machine all night, or if I want to play Tom all night, yeah. then I can. And they sell out the Fillmore and make a lot of money, and then I don't have to play again for three more months. And they just give out these tickets at places too. They just have them in stores or yeah, offices. They, 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 and that's another thing. I, I, they do give out a lot of those tickets. I guess they just expect to make it up in alcohol sales. Of course, I think that's what happens I because mean, you know, booze is a, so expensive. They're selling over there a fucking too. five dollar PBR. Of course, they're going to make their money well, back on no, the bar. Five dollars, you either get a sixteen ounce PBR there. It's like ten bucks. God damn! You know, <laughs> I don't drink, so I don't know. <laughs> you're not spending the ten or twenty bucks getting inside yeah, if you get the like free ticket. A twenty four ounce Yingling, I think it's like fourteen dollars or something. There, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's outrageous. Wow! So that's how they get you. That's where they make their money. But I just wonder how these bands. I guess they make pretty good money doing this. Decent guarantee, and uh, with the way that business model is, you're going to get people in the door. And again, the venue is going to be able to get their money back on alcohol sales, so they have a budget. Uh, you know, yeah. I mean, give I, I to could, uh, the bands probably. I could see myself in like 10 more years just deciding to take that easy route. Go, yeah. You know, that's Van Huskins falls apart. And I'm, I'm always going to try to play original music. <laughs> but, you know, at some point going, yeah, I can make 300 bucks on a weekend by playing cover songs. And it's like, I've, I'm sure it's a ton of fun. I just, if I were to do that, I'd want it to be a band that either A, doesn't exist anymore, mm-hmm. or B, 
no one's heard of. You know, it's yeah. like I like um ah oh shit. There's a band Henry Rollins always champions. Um from the early 70s that he's uh, always champions. He buys like every copy of the vinyl that shows up on eBay so no one else can buy it. You know, all this other shit. And I finally looked him up on uh, on Spotify. Mm. And again, they had very low listenership even on there. Yeah. And it was like good shit. It was a few years ago. I just cannot remember the name. And he always clarifies because there's another band with a similar name. And he's like, no, this is the yada yada from yada yada. Yeah. And it's like that would be the band I'd want to like do a cover band of. You're like no one heard, has heard of these guys. Let's let's find a way to promote this stuff and you know get people aware of it. Yeah, I wouldn't want to pick like a top twenty artist from the eighties, nineties, two thousands and be like we're Poison tribute band. It's like <laughs> fuck you. I've heard that enough. <laughs> yeah, but that's what gets people out. I mean, you, you got to think just even like Motley Crue, Poison, and Def Leppard. Yeah, that, yeah. that show at the at the uh, arena. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect it would say it's. I guess it sold out pretty quickly. It's or, already sold out. I didn't know it that. Is, it sold really well. Um, but I mean, tickets were outrageous. But people pay that money for it. God, they'll um, do it. But yeah. see, and here's the question though: Why? And again, it's like maybe the why and how do we change it, which is one of the bands that you listed off earlier. I'm not trying to name names, but you did hit one of them on the head. I saw an Instagram post where, again, audience like Fillmore Underground all the way to the back, completely packed for this tribute band. Mm -hmm. How do we get even a fourth of those people to be aware about the local scene because clearly Charlotte likes music, some sort of music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, how do we even get a fourth of that audience to come out to the milestone and then have Buck and fucking uh, Tony, <laughs> Tony Pimento, uh, fucking uh, shooing people away? Yeah. It's like you take a fourth of that audience and it'll pack out the milestone. I, I don't know. I don't think that the people that go to those types of shows are, are, are like true music fans. Yeah, right. they're just so going much. for the they're nostalgia. Going because, they're going because they recognize the songs and because all their friends want to go. And and that's all it is. It's a way for them to go see a concert and not have to spend, you know, a hundred bucks like if they were going to the, the Coliseum to see yeah. whoever. Nostalgia is a hell of a drug. But those same, well, actually, no, it's a different group of people, I think, that go to those shows and then the people that like, like I say, when the Jack Whites come through or the Flaming Lips, not that there's a bad bands. I love those yeah. bands. But when those bands come through and it costs a hundred bucks to go see them, like those shows sell out quickly. Yeah. And you see all those people out. There's, there's, I think there's a certain faction of music fans as well that like good music, but they're not going to go out of their way to go out to a show unless it's something they can be seen at. Yeah. Like, oh, I can check into Facebook at the Flaming Lips show or I can right. check into fl- Facebook on the, the Jack White show. And, yeah. Um, but, you know, going to go see the fill-ins or Van Huskins, you know, they're just, uh, I'm going to sit at home and play, I'm watch Netflix tonight. Yeah. I, I, I get it to a certain extent, but, you know, it's it's a little bit frustrating. And so, like, by getting these tangible things back out there, the, the zine and then having the podcast and something for people to listen to and, and bring back that nostalgia. And I think that Maybe get a few of them off of that couch. I don't know. Maybe. And, try, and you're try, go- trying something. And you're, think- <laughs> and you're thinking about it the right way because you're you're going about it the smart way. Because every musician, new or old, runs into exactly what you're talking about here. They look at that Instagram post and go, look at all these fucking people. And then they play the Milestone or Tommy's Pub that Saturday night and, you know, 20 of their friends show up. Yeah. And you're like, all right, sweet. I'm, I'm love playing to these 20 friends, but why aren't we reaching more people? Why can't we get more people out to these shows kind of thing? 
you're doing it the smart way. You're going, okay, what do people want? Yeah. Okay, they like podcasts. All right. I'll create something they want and I'm going to educate them and maybe inspire them in the process. You're not sitting there on Facebook, just bitching about it. And that's what I have. I'll say respect. I think that's the proper way of word. That's why I have a ton of respect and and admiration and love what you're doing because you recognized an issue. And instead of just sitting here getting all morose and bitchy about it, you went, all right, I can adapt Mm -hmm. because I'll see the same thing. There are people bitch about their Spotify plays like, Oh, we got so many plays on Spotify and we only got five cents from it. Yeah. Why are you bitching? Any other time I would talk to you about this, you'd go, Oh, it's not about the money. Is it it sounds sudden, like it. <laughs> is it all of a sudden about the money now just because Spotify has taken what you perceive as money away? I mean, it's like, let, let's really look at this. If you want to think about it. Yeah. The CEO is getting paid a lot of money. Wouldn't you want to get paid a shit ton of money if you were the number one streaming service on the fucking world? Yeah. yeah. Fuck you. It's like, dude, it's like, I am excited that people want to listen. Yeah, me too. I, I just, I, I want people to listen. And I get both sides of that coin because it is frustrating as a musician. Musician, You Absolutely. spend a lot of money to record something that you feel super passionate about. And that, you know, people keep telling you, when are you going to release new music? When are you going to re- release new music? And then you release it and it's like, Okay, well, did you want to hear it or not? Yes, <laughs> most, I'm, I'm in that same. And, boat. and most uh, musicians, like the the, the the decline of physical media, and that's one part of the zine. Just having something physical out there for people. Right. To hold. People yeah. have lost that connection with music. Like mm-hmm. totally lost that connection because it's so easy to go on Spotify and listen to whatever you want to. It is, and you're overwhelmed, so you listen to the stuff you've always listened to. Yeah. Uh, me and Brandon talked that about that on that last podcast. Um, it's just, you know, trying to get people out there. Like when you buy a CD, you're going to listen to it. Yeah. When you buy a record, you're going to listen to it. Yeah. You're going to actually have a connection to that that record, that CD. And that's it the might re- not be like a super big connection like it was when you were younger, but mm-hmm. you're still, there's there's something about the ritual of putting it on and listening to it. Oh, yeah. That you just don't get from Spotify. And, and we ran into that same thing. And that's why I, I really admire what you're doing now because I went through a little bit of the bitching thing. <laughs> when when we did the time is now, I was super proud of still super proud of that scene. Oh, it's a great scene. Uh, I was I was just gun ho on that. I was like, holy shit! I see all of these songs. I've got an idea for a music video for every one of these songs. You know, it's like we're gonna fucking bust this out. Got and people were really receiving. Hit the gas that single really well. I'm like, fuck yeah! I'm really I'm stoked. I'm stoked. I'm stoked. We get it out there and I think I ordered maybe 200 copies of that CD. I still have copies of it. Yeah. And that was four years ago when yeah. we sold it for $5. Because yeah. I'm even sitting here going, it's like, fuck it. I even put a survey out on Facebook. Yeah, you might remember it. I went, for people that still buy CDs, what's your favorite kind of packaging? Mm-hmm. Because we had always done, for the first two CDs, we did the plastic open up jewel cases. And I'm like, okay, maybe people genuinely don't like those cases anymore. So I just started asking folks, I was like, do you like booklets? Do you like digipacks? What, what's the, how do you still like to buy your yeah. CDs? And that's why we did the digipack for time is now. And I was like, okay, maybe give them a different format. That'll be something. No, not really. And then the same thing with cassette tape. It's like, all right, maybe there's a fun little, you know, niche on that. And Honestly, the cassette tape did better than the CD. That's what we're yeah. doing next, and that's kind of what I expect. <laughs> and the what grabbed them was, again, it was only five. We were able to get it to where it was $5. Mm-hmm. It was really cheap. It come, it came with a, quote, download code, and all that was was we I made a URL on our website that was password coded. Yeah. So inside the cassette tape, there's just a password you type in on our website, and then you just download a zip file of the MP3s. 
And that grabbed people's attention because either A, they had a tape deck and they're like, holy fuck, all I have in my car is a tape deck and I still listen to tapes. This is going to be part of my new collection in my car. Or two, they're like, I like the idea and I just want to have it up on the mantle and sweet. You've got a download code. I can make a CD out of this. And then exactly what you said. And it's like, instead of, and at that moment, that's when I went, okay, people still are interested in buying music. They just have to want the packaging. They have to want what it looks like. And that's why I'll throw it to Cat. That's why Cat bit the bullet <laughs> and was like, fuck it, we're doing vinyl this year. Yeah. <laughs> and and honestly, people hadn't even listened to the music, but they bought the record. Yeah. It's like people were interested because it was vinyl. Mm-hmm. It wasn't because the fill-ins were releasing new music. But it was, holy fuck, it's vinyl, and it's multicolored, it's fun, it's interesting. There's a perception of that that works. But then, exactly what you said, if they purchase that, they're going to listen to it. Mm -hmm. So then on the flip side is they go, all right, well, I've got the record. They wind up putting it on the turntable if they've got it. And thank God I fucking love all the music that's on that record. (laughs) So it worked hard to make it pop, too. (laughs) So it's like, it's exactly what you were saying. It's like people that bought the record randomly sent me messages going, uh, I love the color. Then three days later went, just listen to it. So it's like, they were more excited to see what color they got than the music. But then the flip side is they're like, this is one of my new favorite records. And I'm just like, and that's something. And it's people that wouldn't have listened to it. If we had only done a CD or if we had only done Spotify. And that, that was kind of an eye opener thing. And, the unfortunate side is this is probably the only vinyl record we're going to wind up doing for a very long time because yeah. it costs yeah. a lot costs of money. A lot of money. But on the flip side, now that we've gone through it a few times, it's like I want to do more seven inches. Yeah. I think that's what we would do probably rather than do I, I want to do a full length at some point. But uh, after a couple of weekends ago when I got together with my friend Matt and Roger, mm-hmm. we were talking about the radio station and just getting involved in punk rock and I was looking through this box of seven inches. I thought, you know, I've forgotten how important seven inches were in my journey, this musical journey. Oh, yeah. And I want to do a seven inch. That's what I want for Van Huskins next, a seven inch. You know, we might do a split or we might do it on our own, but I just want to do a seven inch. I was going to say, especially, I've got a site we can look at, and it's really fun because they offer up basically bulk seven inches. Mm -hmm. Uh, White labels, no covers, white paper sleeves with a little hole oh, yeah, in the middle yeah. and it's just a flat rate price and they're just like we just put your music on the tangible format that's it we're not worrying about packaging we're not telling you what sides what but it's like you want music on the tangible format here you go oh, yeah. and i'm envisioning possibly throw this out there a phil Lins van huskins thing where we do that and then we get little rubber stampers online mm-hmm. one that says the phil Lins, one that says van huskins and we go to fucking Kinko's after making a little black and white graphic for A and B side. Or I can print F- them at the house. Eh, there got, you go. That works too. Then, <laughs> and then fucking both mans meet up one day and we fucking create that assembly line. Someone, someone's got the A side stamp. Thump, move it to the next person. B side stamp. Thump, the other guy's over there cutting shit and folding it. And the other guy's fucking assembling shit. And we just fucking knock that out. Make and, it old school. Hell yeah. And speaking of physical media and talking about cassettes and how they sell, hopefully mm-hmm. that's not like a pat. I mean, I'm sure it's sort of a trend. It hopefully is. it's not one that's going to pass like too fast because part of my goal for this, for Gabba Gabba Hunt is to start a cassette label. 
and Ooh. put out. So we were talking about releasing some of that older stuff. Yes. YouTube. Might be that some of that stuff comes out on cassette at some point. Fuck it's a great yes. idea. Dude, that's a fantastic. That's, gather, I, I, gather I can, records. I can't, I can't afford to press a whole bunch of records, but I can afford to do cassettes. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and were you looking it, at the place that's in uh, Canada? Um, I, I'll probably do them myself, actually. Really? I, I've got a buddy that does it. We've been talking about doing it. So, uh, so does he have like old stock with like actual duplicators or just yeah, kind of like he, using his own tape he's, deck? He's, he was using his own tape deck. I think he's got a duplicator now, but I'm, I'm going to look into all that. Oh, more. I mean, he's, seriously, he's, let me know about that. He's already that. given me all his connections as far as where he gets all his materials and stuff from. So. Oh, Hell dude, yeah. dude definitely would, let uh, me know about that because I, just I to might... make everything a little bit more tangible. And it's uh, while it's a niche market, just, just hop on it and, oh, and yeah. see if it can get some things in people's hands. Of course, that would come with a a download as well. Oh, of course. All that stuff will be downloadable. Yeah, always right. include that. <laughs> uh, we'll see. We'll see. Some might, might have something pretty soon with that. Yeah, definitely cool. let me know about that because uh, I was actually talking with uh, my stepdad, Eric, and it's like, we've got like some old live material that's like, I don't necessarily want on Spotify or go through the effort to make a CD of, mm-hmm. but it might be kind of fun to do like a run of 25 cassette yeah. tapes of an old live show I've got. It's like, it's, it's kind of garbage. I, you know, there's an attitude guitar a little bit, you know, and we fuck up a song, but it's like, you know, if, if we made just 20 of them, 25 of them, that'd be, that'd be worth it. Like our own little secret bootleg kind of thing. <laughs> I figure if nothing else, it gives like some, uh, a cheap option for merch to have for bands. Like, yeah, I, I mean, probably the first thing I'll do is I'm thinking about releasing the, the, the CD we put out last year. I'm thinking about putting it on cassette because I don't think it'll ever make it to vinyl, but I, I definitely set it up with side one and side two in mind. So I would be able to do that with the cassette. I definitely have some like old, like stooges, like live footage, like all like, compilations. Cause that's how big of a nut I was of just all like the bad live performances. Oh yeah. <laughs> but it's still a charm to it that I revisit every and plus, now and then. I mean, I don't have a lot of them, but it looks like right under, you know, my, system under there it's like i do have a small collection of tapes and it's like i tape is probably one of the last thing i select you know to listen to as a tangible format but it's like every so often specifically this one's gonna be totally out of left field but specifically paul's boutique yeah bc boys i still have an original cassette of that there's a certain feel of putting on that uh, record on tape and your tape deck and listening to it so it's like there are certain uh releases it's like it feels right listening to it on tape. And I wonder if hip hop producers had that in mind when making, uh, when putting out new music, how it would go over on cassette, like how a seventies producers recorded a certain way because they knew it was going on vinyl yeah. and when CDs and everything too, I didn't th- think about that because everybody was playing cassettes and yeah, point, in the hip hop audiences and all yeah. that too, carrying around boom boxes and mm-hmm. whatnot. Yeah. And, and people actually shit on cassette tapes a lot, but I found this one YouTuber uh, called tech moan and a uh, real posh kind of British guy, but it's like, he's, He's posh, but at the same time, he still has an attitude. And he's like real snarky at <laughs> times, but it's like he's still extremely educated. And he's got one of those voices that you can just listen to for a long time. And he he made a video called Cassette Tapes, Better Than You Don't Remember. Yeah. <laughs> and basically explained, he goes, everyone says cassette tapes were one of the worst mediums. And he goes, well, let's look at why. And he started going through the years of the most popular tape decks. Mm -hmm. He so happened to have those tape decks because he's an old retro collector. He had those decks. He would take them apart and show you the mechanics, the tape heads used, the rollers, the feeders, everything else, and go, this was some of the lowest stock basic line stuff. Here's a comparison. Here's a professional, you know, Michael Jackson cassette tape. You know, let's listen to it on this. Now let's listen to it on a proper hi-fi. And it was like night and day difference. And he's like, cassette tapes 
were higher quality than vinyl record, but no one truly knew because the mass market stuff that was coming out was so garbage that no matter what you put in it, it was going to sound either overly bassy or tinny or sped up or slowed down, all that stuff. But see, even now, that's a niche market as well with the mid-fi. There's mm-hmm. some people that put together mid-fi stereo systems just because of that. They put together that cheap equipment. That well, they'll record that deck, way, that too. Decks. Yeah, and some, yeah, some people record that way. But there's, I was reading a forum on it recently about people that were putting together these these stereos with this just cheap equipment yeah. that you could buy at Radio Shack back in the day. Yeah. And it was like, uh, for them, this that was the way they wanted to listen to music. Like, yeah. Why? And- I don't get it. <laughs> I, you know, I get recording in a mid-file way. Yeah. But to like just intentionally listen to stuff on crappy equipment, I don't understand it. But no. apparently people do. I was picturing like all the black metal <laughs> tapes and stuff like that. That was like recorded crappily on purpose through that lens. <laughs> I know. And it's like the only reason I've got the stuff over there is like I inherited all of that stuff. Like that Ion record player, my grandfather happened to have two of them because he forgot to keep all two. He thought he only had one. I was helping him move, and he goes, oh, there's the box for my record player. Go box it up for me. I opened it up. I was like, uh, no, there's a second one in here. He goes, oh, do you want it? I was like, I love this. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like I inherited that. I would say it's not top of the line, but it's a little bit better than mid. Yeah. It's kind of like it's a little better than mid. It's definitely not a fucking Crosley. But then the dual tape deck um, my stepdad had for a long time. And I would say it's about mid. It's a, it's a little better than just a low. Yeah. But then that receiver, I, I finally learned enough from that YouTube channel that I need to take it apart. And after I give it a good clean, I'm never getting rid of that fucking mm-hmm. receiver. <laughs> I love it. It is amazing. And it's like, I don't understand why anyone wouldn't want to, even if I didn't have that stuff, watching those videos has kind of turned me onto the idea of, fuck, I need to spend a couple bucks and get stuff that I can really listen to music in a good way. And it's like, I wish more people saw that. It's like, in no way am I going to be one of those fucking hi-fi enthusiasts where it's like everything has to be flack downloads and yeah. all that shit. It, one of his mottos is uh, people trade com- uh, quality for convenience. I'm totally that guy. I'm not going to fucking spend a thousand dollars on a fucking record turntable and fuck that shit. But at the same time, I am never buying a Crosley. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not buying a current tape deck out now because that's just such garbage. It's like, if I want to listen to that, it's like, you got to get the old equipment Mm. and there's a certain charm. And like what you were saying, there's a certain enjoyment with tangible medium. Music was meant to be tangible. Yeah. It was meant to be on a physical medium because even creating it, even if it's just your voice, it's still something physical creating this music. Mm-hmm. It feels like you need something physical to listen back to it. On a it. human connection. Yeah. As yeah. opposed to like digital. But I just think about, you know, and we, I think we talked about before about people getting rid of like collections of like CDs, DVDs yeah. and stuff like that. You know, eventually this stuff's not going to be available as easily as it is right now. Or it might not be. It's going to be on five different platforms, yep. you know, depending on which record label it was on. It might not be on yeah. this one or it might be on that one. Cause everybody, just like TV, everything's going to splintering. So it used to all be available in one place. Now all of a sudden every network's going to have their own streaming service. Every yep. studio is going to try to have their own streaming service. Yep. Same thing's going to happen with music. And eventually you're going to be paying for five different streaming services just to hear what you want to hear when you used to have it in your collection at home. Yep. I was thinking about this the other day. I'm surprised Spotify hasn't done like a music video um, outlet yet. They're kind of toying with it. Um, you do use Spotify. Yeah, I know so, some, some of the videos, you'll, they'll, they'll actually have video aspect to it. Mm-hmm. It'll, be a, yeah. it'll be a 10 second loop of their yeah, music yeah, exactly, playing yeah. in the background. So, they, so they're kind of toying with that already. But I think that should be the extent in which they do it. Mm-hmm. I, I feel that they... 
I see this too often, especially like with places like YouTube. They get really big and then they go, okay, we're going to splinter. Mm-hmm. We're going to do YouTube music, YouTube TV, YouTube gaming, YouTube sports. Oh, you don't think Spotify is going to do that? I think they might, but I'm saying that would be the that would kill them. I think that would be the moment in which they jump the shark. Right now, you think so? I, th- I think right now they're still on their way up. They're still improving the platform. They're doing more and more with curation. They're they're even working with independent artists a lot more, kind of showing you because you have. Do you have your Spotify artists account, Mike? Yeah. On those, there's like tons of little tutorial videos on how to help get your music in these popular playlists. So it's like they're having now like seminar coaching things for indie artists, being like, "Hey, here's how you can help yourself on our platform. You've got the tools." 99.9% of the users just aren't using them. Yeah. Here's how to use them. Fuckers do it and you'll get more money from us. You know, that's kind of like what they're doing with these videos. So I feel like they're really focusing with the artists right now that once they start trying to splinter off and do, you know, music videos or different platforms, their focus is going to shift too much. Right. Especially and the main platform is going to flatline. I think the only thing they could do that would be interesting would be Spotify records like our own because they've already done Spotify sessions where they'll bring in bands to do an acoustic or a live thing in one of their studios or commentaries and stuff like that. Exactly. So they already kind of dipped their toe in that. I think it'd be interesting because Apple tried it, but failed. They tried doing Apple record, not the official Apple records that the Beatles were on, but their own version of it. I think Spotify is in a better spot to where they might be able to look at some of those upcoming artists and go, Hey, you're doing extremely well on our platform. Why don't we sign you, make you kind of part of our bigger ecosystem and kind of push you up more. I think that'd be the only thing they could really do that would expand them out further. That wouldn't separate them too much, but something's going to, well, I guess YouTube's the only really big outlet for music videos currently, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, Venmo or Vimeo, right? Whatever that is. Yeah, Vimeo, that's what it is. But yeah, but you don't see a lot of... I don't get a lot of traction from... Or I don't see a lot of Vimeo plugs or anything like that. It's mostly YouTube where I see music videos. Yeah, usually if something... I, I know some things are, are exclusive to Vimeo, but a lot of times if it's there, it's going to be on YouTube. And everybody just goes to YouTube anyway. Exactly. Yeah, which is the most recognizable name out and, there. And there's a ton of like, you know, I'll watch... I'll get up in the morning and put on like a 30-minute concert video, kind of like what we did before we started recording yeah. with certain bands and stuff like that. And that... I'm a nerd and I go check that out too. But they used to do that through like VH1 class. They used to do this through like VH1 and stuff like that. I guess YouTube's the only outlet for that kind of thing now. And that's one of those deals where it's like uh, you said the in-session deals that Spotify used to do. I'm surprised nobody's doing that with video other than YouTube. Yeah. I mean, mainly because it's just it's the largest platform. It's like everyone tries branching off into doing other streaming platforms. But it's like, how many of you, it's like you pay for it, but how many of y'all truly use Amazon's music platform? I don't. <laughs> but if you've got Prime, you've got it. But how many people use it? You know, it's like right. a lot of people may use YouTube music, but that's just because they use YouTube for everything. Yeah, and YouTube yeah, music's yeah. just kind of there. <clears throat> yeah, it's there. It helps when you share songs on Facebook. Yeah. But that's just kind of a thing that CD baby kind of mirrors if you use them. So it's, it, that's really kind of a no thing. YouTube's just that ultimate ultimate, just like all in one. Yeah. So, so for- it's just kind of the point of like, why would you try to go out? It's almost kind of like what we were talking about earlier with the live stream. Mm-hmm. It's like, you've got periscope, but it's like, why would you even really bother with that if the majority of people that watch the live stuff is on Facebook? They're already on Facebook anyway. It's yeah. like it's like how do you 
compete with YouTube on that end or uh, any of these major platforms, like any of these like you know uh, B level like startup platforms. I think, that I get think a the push. only I think the only reason there's Spotify is not just the only streaming platform because there's also Apple Music, right? I think the only reason Apple Music survives is because the Apple user base is yeah. so large. Yeah. That's they, the only reason. They got re- on first. Mm, they weren't first. Well, no, they weren't first. Spotify was still first. Well, oh, okay. Apple iTunes for a while. But yeah, that's that's what I was iTunes was the thing for a long time. But, right. but no, Apple has their own streaming service now. It's kind of like how it works like Spotify. It's kind of like how when Sirius uh, launched, they still hung <laughs> on to their uh, initial pop their initial purchasers and everything that's why and that's why Sirius is still a thing but yeah how many people do you know that actually have a serious account that are yeah like because because a lot of times those serious shows they get bounced out into podcasts mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> like uh the jonesy show that's on uh xm right that gets bounced down to a podcast and youtube i'll, I'll listen to youtube videos before i go to sleep with steve jones sometimes because that yeah. show is terrific yeah so it's like even steve jones xm radio show it's like i guarantee you most people aren't listening to it live on xm no. they're re-watching it on youtube or as a podcast eddie trunk takes interviews and uh, from his uh, Sirius show and puts it in podcast form, just like one or two a week. Yeah. I listen to Sirius whenever, like if I'm, if I'm driving one of my parents' cars, because they, they subscribe to it. My parents have that too. Like, like every they time, subscribe to it, then forgot. Well, well but, no, my dad, like what he does is he subscribes, and then whenever it starts to run out, he goes and calls to cancel. And then they give him this yep, amazing, yep. they give him some amazing deal, and he's like, okay, I'll keep it. So I, I enjoy like Little Stevens Underground. I listen to it quite I like a bit, Little Stevens too. I'm, whenever I'm driving their car for whatever reason. But yeah. Other than that, I just, I don't even think about Sirius. Or, no, I know when people, like the only reason really most people have serious is because of like the Howard Stearns and mm-hmm. things like I mean, that. I gave up on Howard Stern a long time. <laughs> I think a lot of people did, but it's kind of like with the iTunes thing, people are just hung on to it and they're yeah. just like tank, just paying attention just to pay attention yeah. just as a routine. So it's like, we've talked a lot about, you know, Gabba Gabba and all that good stuff. What's coming up? Well, we kind of touched on it, but what's coming up for Van Huskins? We just recorded last weekend with Brandon Hamby at Dead Peasant Studio. Fun. We recorded six songs. We went in there with the intention of maybe doing four, but we did six. Nice. I, I knew we would do it. I, had, <laughs> I, I, I never had any doubt. Um, so we recorded six songs. It went excellent. It went really well. So I'm, oh, I'm, yeah. wait, I'm waiting to hear the first mixes from that. I'm, I'm really excited about that. Would you but, say it's kind of a next step or kind of like a progression from oh, the last de- record? Definitely a progression from the last record. Um it's still got a little bit of a little bit of the metal influence. Not quite not quite as much on this one. This one's a little bit more indie rock in a way. All right. Word. Uh, right it's got, on. There's a little bit there's a, there's a few more parts to the songs. Mm-hmm. It, it changes up a little bit more. Um I, I said last weekend it's it's a little bit more mature for us, but I don't know if that's the right word or not. It's just it's it's Y'all a progression. Just, it's a natural progression. Right. And uh, any band that sticks around long enough kind of figures out what's the next best version of this band. I think lyrically it's probably definitely a little bit more mature, although it's still Kind of funny and not serious. But it's, <laughs> you told <it's>, that line. <laughs> we're, we're, we're being a little bit more serious with it, though. I do have to say that. Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that because everything has that little ebb and flow. It's like there's times where you're just going to have the goofy ideas and you're mm-hmm. like, here, here's a fucking minute long, you know, blah, 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 song and, you know, screw it. I love it, though, but let's play it. Mm-hmm. And then exactly what you said, you know, you feel that maybe lyrics are a little bit more mature. It's like, well, maybe you just had a little bit more to say this time. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, and I love that coming from bands, especially when they kind of hit you with it out of the blue and you're like, oh, fuck, this is, this got a little bit more to it than I was expecting. Yeah. But I feel like we've tried it. We tried a few more things on this that, that don't take away from our 
our sound. It just mm-hmm. kind of expands our sound a little bit. That's cool. I'm man. really excited about it. We're going to release it on cassette. Yes. Um, that's not going to be on Gabba Gabba Hunt Records. It's going to be on Sirena Discos. Nice. My friend Matt that I was talking about. Yeah, He's yeah. going to put it out for us. And that was sort of my inspiration for, well, okay, this is another aspect of this project. This project that's already got me weighed down. <laughs> and I feel like I'm working a second job. Let me add some more to it. <laughs> uh, Welcome we'll to the club. It, we'll release it on cassette. I'll probably probably release a single once we get like final mixes back. Release yeah. a single. And then like a month or two down the road, do a cassette release show. Um, and then once we do that, put it online. Yeah. So the same, same, same thing you're doing with, with your record, I guess. Yeah. And I think there's a bit of enjoyment through that because we, we've kind of staggered the release. It's like, it's technically out now. It's Mm -hmm. like, you can order it online and immediately have it like a few days later. I I try to get it out the door as soon as people order it now. So it's like, you can immediately get it and listen to it, but it's like, we still wanted to do some release shows and still make it an event. So it was like, we've got a bunch of shows lined up for both March and April for release shows. But then at the end of March, we'll finally put it out online. But it's like, we still wanted to give people that wanted it early or have a record player to enjoy it on the format we really wanted it to be on. Well, it's hard to have it in your hands and then like have to hold on to it for a long time too. Oh yeah. Right. Well, that, that was the other thing too. It's like, um, we went through United and they gave us a rough time frame. And I was like, sweet. That's roughly what I was thinking. That, that yeah. seems about standard. A couple weeks later, they're like, all right, we're in production. I was like, Oh yeah, they were good. All right. <laughs> word. And then like a few weeks later, they're like, all right, if you just want to send us uh, the rest of the payment after your deposit, uh, we can go ahead and get this shipped out to you. I was like, Oh, this, 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 this was like a month and a half lead time. I was expecting like three and four months. Yeah. Like, like with our seven inch, <laughs> you know, it was like, it took about three months to get that seven inch. You got this done in like a month and a half, two months. Holy yeah. fuck. 300 <laughs> copies too. Very impressive. Oh yeah. Like the test presses came in and like a few weeks after we made the deposit, I was like, Holy fuck. So yeah, it's like, it all happened so fast. And all of a sudden we had them in hand and we we're like, uh, we weren't expecting to have these so soon. This is going to kill me. <laughs> I know when we recorded that last CD, we recorded it in March and it wasn't until July that we released it. Yeah. And I remember in March when we recorded it, John was kind of telling me the time frame because, you know, it's not his only job of yeah. doing the student recording. Um, I was like, oh man, it's going to be hard to like sit on it for that long and then wait till July for it to come out. It all worked out well because it took us a little while to get the recordings back. And then once all that happened, getting the CDs pressed, and then it all just happened so fast. Yeah. It actually happened a lot quicker than I expected it to. (laughs) I was going to say that. I was sort of burned out by the time it was all said and done. But I was, was, you know, um, that, that, that wait time between recording and then releasing it, that always kills me. How long does it usually take you to record? Um, We recorded, like, uh, everything we record, we pretty much record in one day. Really? Yeah. We go in and knock it out, and then we're done. How yeah. many how many songs have y'all recorded Usually. in a day? So we did uh, the the CD was it's twelve songs, it's eleven tracks, but it's twelve songs. Oh, we recorded <laughs> all the music in probably four hours. Really? Back, did the overdubs? I mean, it was it was spaced out throughout a whole day. And then okay, we did come back and do vocals the next day that we could have done on that same day. Everybody was just tired and wanted to go home. Right. Um, this past time we did six and I think that's why Ben and Eric sort of wanted to shoot four. They're like, well, I don't want to be stressed out. Like I was, I was going to say, because we've that done was a lot. To yeah. We've done 13 in a day before, like all music, drums, bass, guitar, solos, everything. And we're, and that about killed me. <laughs> but I mean, as long as, as long as Ben can nail his drum parts, you know, me and Eric right. can go back and fix anything, which and is great. Me and Eric are, are, are a little bit more like, Oh no, that sounds good. I'll live with it. 
Um, so we're not super picky when it comes to it. Right. And if there, you got there's a, been times when I've regretted it later, I've been, ah, I wish I'd have recorded that. Part and if you've got again. a solid drummer that knows how to like, you know, be not be, uh, freaked out by the uh, microscope of being in the studio, mm-hmm. then that's always a good thing. Oh, he killed it this past time. I mean, he did it the first time too. He, he still feels like, well, not the first time, but on the, the CD, um, but he still feels like he didn't play that great on the CD. And I get that as, as a performer. I think everybody I back, does to an extent. I go back and listen to old stuff and oh, go, yeah. man, I wish I'd have played that better. I wish I'd have really worked on my tone better on that. And it, it happens. But I think we all feel really good about this time because we learned a lot from that last process. It was real long and drawn out. And there was some drama behind the scenes with band-wise. Yeah. Just because it, we were stressed out over it. And this time we decided to go in with less stress and... Like I said, I was like, yeah, let's do four songs. But I knew in the back of my head we were going, we were going to do six. <laughs> we had six and we were ready to go. We were going to record them while we were there. I'm not going to go up there and, and not record them. Oh, yeah. Um, and everything just went smoothly enough that we were able to get all six done. See, because you were saying that that felt like a long turnaround time. You recorded it in March and released it in, what, April? Oh, it was July. July. Yeah. You, you said that's a long turnaround time? Dude. It's been, it's been officially a year <laughs> since we've been in the studio recording this record. Yeah. And now it's finally coming out a year and, later. And, and I think about that and I'm going, yeah, we were lucky. But, I, <laughs> it, but everything else that we recorded before, you know, once we got our final mixes back, it was like upload to Bandcamp, post it on Facebook, it's out. It's <laughs> no I longer just, just, just yours anymore. I can't wait for people to hear it. That's my biggest thing. It's not so much the, the getting it out there. It's like, I want people to hear this. Right? Oh, I do too. And it's like, and we could have technically released that near the end of last year and then just said, hey, vinyl copy, let's, you know, they'll come out, you know, when yeah, they come yeah. out. It's can. like, we, we could have done that, but it's like, I guess just the marketing person side of me is just like, that's bullshit. There's no way, I don't think you'd ever recoup your money if you'd have done it that way because people would have already heard it. And You're not going to recoup your money anyway. We figured that out now. <laughs> Def- oh, we knew that going in. <laughs> yeah, de- definitely not not going to. That's that's, that's just one of those things that, that people just don't buy. And that's why I said a minute ago when I'm like, I'm just ready for people to hear this. The mm-hmm. sad part about it is that when it's all said and done it's rele- and it's released, there's still not a whole lot of people that actually listen to it. And Even that- the people that keep saying, when are you going to release your new CD? You know, a month after it's out, hey, have you listened to the new CD? Oh, I haven't had a chance to listen to it. I remember you talking about this on your show. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's, it's weird how that works out. And I, I, I kind of get it, but I, I don't. The I don't. Par- the part that irks me is they'll be like, I wouldn't say like close friends, but they'll be like definitely friends in which I'll see in public and be like, oh, shit, it's, you know, hey, yeah. kind of thing. And they'll be like, so you still doing music? I'm like. Yeah. Yeah. Are you not anywhere near my social media pages? <laughs> That's all I push. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's in that, it's like, I get like those, you know, like in the cartoons, it's like, like so a character will hear something and all of a sudden everything like starts quieting and getting muffled and <laughs> yeah, you're like, yeah. the, uh, and it like slowly zooms in on their face. It's like, I start questioning everything. They're like, Oh, so you still do music? I'm just like, are my posts not reaching people? What, what's happening? What, what am I doing wrong? How, how did this person not, do they just not get on Facebook? And all of a sudden I'm just stuck in my brain all night long after just that one comment. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> and I get that, that for some people, music's just not quite as important or, you know, the local scene. It's, it's more important to me than it's going to be for some people. Even the people that come out to shows and have a good time at shows. Yeah. I, I get that. But again, it's it's trying to find a way to pull those people back in, and that's that's what the podcast and the zine is all about. It's, yeah. it's, it's 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 another aspect of it. And at, at end of the day, though, it's something that if nobody else listens to it, mm-hmm. I've got a playlist on Spotify now or wherever I want to listen to that podcast. You know, you can listen to it anywhere, mm-hmm. but that's where I usually end up listening to it myself. Yeah, 
that I can just put it on and it plays through every episode of my podcast and I can listen to the music and I can listen to the interviews and, and I enjoy listening to it. And that's honestly what kind of started us with all this. Uh, I brought it up a few times, but it's like my only regret of not doing the podcast sooner was one of the people I had in mind every time I thought about doing the show was Jeff Young, Joe mm-hmm. Young's brother. He had the gift of gab, yeah. man. It's like, I don't, how, did you know I've, him? I've met him? him before. Okay, yeah. I didn't he, really know him, but I've met him before. He could tell a story. He could get you rolling. He would get you laughing. Mm-hmm. And what I would give to be able to go back and listen oh, to yeah. an episode yeah. with him, that would just mean the world. Yeah. And I wanted to have him on it. And it's like, I unfortunately just didn't get that chance. So it's like, after that, it's like every time I get a chance to be able to have someone on the show, I want to have them on because mm-hmm. again, I am a little bit of a homebody and you know, I'm, I'm trying to get better, but it's like, I still don't go out and hang and do a lot of that stuff. Yeah. So it's like to be able to go and have an archive of all these past times. I know I'm laughing with my friends. I actually did that the other night. One of my favorite episodes we recorded, uh, it was called, um, soup, nuts and chair metal. It was when, uh, the buzzards are <laughs> oh, yeah, here. That, yeah. <laughs> that is still one of my favorites. And seriously, last week I was just feeling so shitty. I put on that episode and I'd forgotten so many of the things that were said. I always, I hadn't listened to it since we recorded it, mm-hmm. but I remember it being so funny. I went back and revisited it and I'd forgotten so much of what was said and then was so thankful that we had recorded that because they would have come over just to hang out anyway that day. Yeah. It just so happened to work. Hey, we've got a podcast too. Why don't we just record for a little while? Yeah. And just to be able to go back and listen to that and then relive it and laugh. It's like, I'm so glad that the podcast is continuing on and I'm glad that you're able to kind of get that same mm-hmm. feeling in from it where it's just like, you're going to ha- always have that because you were very good at your interviews. That was one of the things that really like, I wouldn't say surprised me because I remember even on our episode, it's like you had very good tone control of your voice. You, yeah. You've got a good voice for radio. So it's like, I knew it was going to work out well, but it's like hearing it finally come to fruition. I was like, this, this is right. He was meant to do this. Well, oh, yeah. it kind of flows naturally. Cause when I, when I start the episode, it's not, I don't do an in- introduction or anything. I figure I'll just add all that in post, you know, if I want to, and, and eventually I might transition to doing more of a live introduction. I just yeah. sort of just set up and start recording. And the conversation just flows naturally. I mean, it pretty much starts off with, well, how did you get started? Yeah. And then everything else flows naturally. And, and the good thing is people like talking about things they're passionate about. Oh, yeah. So I don't really have to do a whole lot. On my part. <laughs> Most of my part is all in the editing. And that's where I like the mix in the music and everything. Because I want people to hear the bands that they're talking about. Yeah. And so that's where also the radio episodes can go hand in hand with the interview episodes. Oh, yeah. I did one a couple of weeks ago where a lot of the bands we talked about, but I didn't play in the episode. I just did a radio episode where, well, here's all those bands that. we talked about. And if you want to hear those bands, if you want to hear more about them, go and listen to that episode because we talk about these bands. So it plays like that. And I'll probably do one. Um, I may put it together tomorrow mm. for the last one I did with Brandon because he talked about a lot of bands. And yeah. I really want people to hear the stuff that he records. Oh, so you have a lengthy Excellent. playlist in between all the bands he's been in and everybody he's recorded. Yeah, exactly. And just mm-hmm. playing the snippets in that song and in that, in, in, in that episode. But in that episode, I, I played some of the songs a little bit longer. You yeah. Know, maybe with some talking over parts of it. But, you know, it I kind of liked played, how that flowed, though. I played like a seduction song pretty much the whole thing, except we talked over a little bit of the intro. Yeah. Just because I want people to hear what he does. Because that's, oh, yeah. that's, that's what that episode is about. He plays the guitar player. Yeah. He plays in bands. But he, he records. Yeah. And he does a damn fine job of it. And a lot of people are going to record with him and finding out the same thing. 
And, and I think that's really cool, especially because he's uh, he already had a good name and a good reputation with the seduction because they were a great rock and oh, roll yeah. band. Oh, yeah. I miss that band. That they were a fantastic live band. So it's like having that reputation of even live them sounding good, mm-hmm. being able to kind of pull a little bit of that and go, hey, you remember how we sounded fucking live? I can record you and get you sounding good, mm-hmm. too. Because yeah. <laughs> they, they are guitar nerds. Anytime I would talk to them afterwards, oh, yeah. it would all be gear talk. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Definitely. No, so I, I'm really excited for you, man. Because like I said, I'm, I remember you talking about it some, but then exactly what you said, it's like once that final piece kind of fell into place with the name, it seemed like. Yeah, the name was, was kind of kind of the final thing. And then it was just like, I'm going to do this. And then I had a, a complete vision for the whole thing. And when I finally put that first episode together, because I did the, start doing the radio episodes first, just mm-hmm. because it was yep. easier to do and I didn't have to schedule anything for it. Yeah. And it was a way to sort of bring some attention to it before that interview episode dropped. Right. And so when I did that first interview, especially because you didn't do any promotion beforehand, <laughs> yeah, you're like surprise. Yeah, it's just like here it is. Well, I, I did. I did set up the, the Facebook page a little bit earlier. You did. You did. What was yeah. coming, but but then I just decided to drop it. But then when I finally did that first interview episode, and I mixed the music in, and I did the editing process, and 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 I ended up with like some usable bits afterwards that I'm going to use down the road. Yeah. You know, when I listened to the final product, I was like, this is exactly what I wanted. But it sounds even better than I expected it to. And that's fantastic. Yeah. It, doesn't that feel great? Yeah, it feels awesome. <laughs> Hell yeah. I did the same. Uh, I had a small moment of that uh, when we were creating the episode, which was since I am a promotion guy and, you know, a layout kind of person, and I like the visuals and the audio to all kind of mesh together and kind of feel right. I was sitting here going, I'm like, what? is going to be the intro music for something good for you. Yeah. I was like, I honestly don't know. Like, what would we do on that? And it originally came from that song title. And I'm like, I don't want to just use the song. Mm-hmm. That, that that would just feel weird. And plus, there's lyrics in there that wouldn't really work. I, I want it to just be focused on just that word, just that right. line. And I, I don't know what kind of sparked it, but I was just kind of sitting here going, I was like, something good for you. We sift through the bullshit. We try to find something good. What, where, what's something you would try to find something good on? So I was just like, radio, a radio, flipping through the radio. And I was like, well, okay, maybe a TV. And it's like, it, if you listen to the intro, it's meant to kind of be like a radio flipping through, but it's all TV mm-hmm. oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> clips. Right. So it's like, it's a fucking weird mashup. It's meant to be, you're kind of flipping through the radio trying to find something good, but it's TV clips. YouTube comment, YouTube videos with uh, people's well, buttholes. Well, <laughs> the that, buttholes. That, well, that came later because I, 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 the early episodes, like episodes like maybe one through six, it's a slightly different intro because uh, you've got Paul screaming and then mm-hmm. Uh, a yeah. sound of the crash and then one more and then something good for you and again that was supposed to just simulate the whole hearing a bunch of stuff just screaming you know smash it and then we kick in yeah. and then it got funny enough to where like I wanted it to kind of break right beforehand you know and then just do some of the pre-roll then Mikey showed me this video <laughs> was it Mikey that sent you? yes because I remember seeing Cause I watched that. I forget where I saw it, but I thought I was the one that shared it. Cause I saw it. I was like, have you guys seen this shit? It may have been you. you too. It, it may have been you. It was one of the two. It was either Cap or Mikey. Showed me this video of this televangelist going on and on and 
on about sinners and how this person's a sinner. If you're this kind of person, you're a sinner. If yeah. you're this kind of person, you're a sinner. And then went on this whole fucking like homosexual tirade. <laughs> and, and it was just like, holy cow. And he was like talking about just like, you get flames shooting out your butthole if you were gay and shit like that. He kept like, ending every sentence with butthole. butthole. <laughs> like, he just went on this thing about buttholes. And I'm like, this is the funniest shit I've ever heard in my life. So I just spliced that few of his things together. That's not like a full sentence of his. Yeah. Like the you ain't seen nothing yet yeah. is one thing. And then like the other part. So it's like I kind of chopped it together to where he said that. And I'm you just got, like, this. You got flames coming out of your butt. <laughs> it's one of the best things ever. And plus also, I wanted to set the tone of you're not getting something serious. Yeah, you're yeah. not getting something professional. You're not getting something PG-13. <laughs> it's like... Kind of sets the tone. <laughs> yeah. I wanted people to be fully aware of, like, what are they getting into beforehand? It's like, okay, the, the intro is even talking about buttholes. Got it. <laughs> oh, it's going to be one of those podcasts. Well, that's, Click. that's good, So, talking about intros to the podcast. Yeah. So, when I did my podcast, the intro was kind of the last thing I, I thought of. I... Picked out all the music. I think I recorded all my bits that I was going to use in where I talked about the music. I was like, I got to come up with an intro for this thing. <laughs> and then for some reason, I just decided to go back to, because this is one thing I initially thought about calling the podcast, Nothing's Cool. Oh, and yeah. I was going to hit Jeff Clayton up and just say, is it okay if I use this? Because, you know, mm-hmm. it's about the Charlotte, well, it's about the North Carolina, the Carolina's music yeah. scene, but Charlotte is, is the biggest part of it. So I was originally going to use that as a, the title for the podcast. So when I started thinking about doing the the uh, intro for it trying to think of what I could use I just went back I was like wait a minute so I'm not going to call it nothing's cool anymore but I can use when Pope's on Dope recorded nothing's about cool about that yeah we did a cover of it on our cassette that we released it was like 1993 uh, six, six, five and a half. and we wrote to Jeff Clayton and we asked you know permit for permission to because to, we wasn't just going to play it live we were going to record it and we were going to release it right and like get us is it, is it cool if we and do it and too. can you send the lyrics so we make sure we got all the lyrics right and everything and he wrote back and was like yeah here's the lyrics and you guys can do it so it's not the greatest recording but it's it's very DIY recording. It's like it's, like it's just very lo-fi as punk hell. rock, and it really kind of I think sort of sets the tone for the for the for the episodes. I mean, oh, I think yeah. it's, it's a very DIY podcast. It's very mm-hmm. punk rock episode. Very punk rock podcast. Even though I try to be a little more inclusive to like I say hard rock, heavy metal, alternative. Um, I'm not going to cover a whole lot of heavy metal just because, like we talked about earlier, it's not There's as much as I love that. heavy metal. I just don't have time to delve into the, the, the local scene. That's a whole other can of worms. And, exactly. and the second thing to that, and not to sound rude about it or anything, but it's like the metal scene already has a lot of help. They do. Yeah. They really do. And it's a situation of if we're going to do something in which we're doing a promotion and trying to, base, to use a new term, signal boost – it's like, I want to make sure we're doing that to people that need a little extra help. It's yeah. like the bands that aren't selling out Amos's, you yeah. know? It's like... <laughs> not that we'll turn anybody away for our podcast or anything like that. I'm not that. saying that in the slightest, but what I'm saying is like, if we decide like, hey, we want to promote, you know, so on and so forth. It's like, I want to make sure as folks that, you know, I want to say deserving, but it's like folks that just need a little extra boost, you know? Yeah, maybe exactly. The bands that maybe don't get as much press, the bands that, you know, exactly what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, I do want to play Bloody Mary, and I do want to play bands like Seducer and stuff like that from the past that yes. are metal bands. So that's why in my intro I say that about punk, alternative, hard rock, and heavy metal, because it's not going to be a heavy metal-focused podcast. It's mostly going to be punk rock, because that's my bread and butter. That's what I know. And 
punk rock really is a very wide net. I was going to say that yeah. too. It's like it, you, you tell someone the word metal and that means so many different things to so many different people. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, <clears throat> um, I can talk to someone after we play and they're like, Hey, you're a great rock and roll band. And I'm like, sweet. Thanks. Uh, we played art bar a few weeks ago and one of the opening bands play center. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, just really good. This fun punk rock. Uh, they were kind of asking us, you know, it's like, well, what kind of music do you play? And I was like, oh, you know, we're definitely inspired by classic rock, you know, ACDC, Kiss, Ramones, you know, just any of that kind of stuff. And they were like, oh, okay, cool. And then after the set, they were like, whoa, you guys are really good. When you said, you know, rock and roll, I wasn't expecting that. You guys were real punk. Yeah. So it's like, it's like you've heard the new material. I wouldn't consider that new it's, material punk, but they listened to that and they went, "That's punk rock." Yeah, but I hear like I hear influence from bands like Heartbreakers in there too. So there, yeah. there's a punk rock sensibility, right? But, but that's and, all and, rock and roll too. And but that's yeah. what I was going to get it at. Is, is, it is. It's it, rock and roll. And, and that's what again you say punk rock to different people. You say rock and roll to different people. It means different things. I look at stuff like. Johnny Thunders, New York Dolls, even the Ramones. I do too. I the Ramones. look at them as rock and roll. They're rock and yeah. roll bands, but for you know, pop rock. Rock. Yeah, they're always pop rock. Call them punk bands. Exactly. This is before like I, the punk term was you know official genre for everybody too. Well, I mean, I still look the way at I look Iggy at it is rock and roll. It's dirtier than the Rolling Stones were. Right. Yeah. And that's why that's why it's punk rock. Mm-hmm. So the the New York Dolls and Rolling Stones are not that much different, but the but, New York Dolls are a little bit dirtier, a little bit more not as technically proficient. Exactly, not even, that, even if the Stones and, and, are technically and, proficient. I don't know; that's debatable and the, too. The singing has a little bit more of an aggression to it, right? Know, just, and then to even kind of cast that net even further, get your personal opinion on this: What would you consider Blondie? There were oh, there were there were a lot of different things. I know, but they're they're one of those bands that like okay, so like the Go Go's, the Cars, Blondie, they all sort of get lumped in with Talking Heads, Talking Heads, sort of that early punk rock, but it's more new wave-ish. Right, yeah. but there's there's a lot of different elements in there. There's punk rock elements, there's reggae elements, mm-hmm. there's hip hop elements to, yeah. to Blondie. Um, but ultimately, I would probably say they're a punk band. That's yeah. what I would say. And, and that's and that's what's just so interesting, though, is because you would listen to maybe something like Heart of Glass. Mm-hmm. And you'd be like, this isn't necessarily punk. No, but then you go back and read into the history, and it's like, there were shows with Blondie, the Talking Heads, and the Ramones all the same night as EBGBs. Yeah. Yep. You know, and it's just like, holy fuck. <laughs> well, I mean, like Devo. Devo is not really a punk. They don't sound like a punk band, but they're no. considered a punk band. Yeah. It's like, it's so... Um, the the Minutemen had a song mm-hmm. where D Boone says punk rock is what whatever we made it. Yep, and that's like my motto these days I because that. I really think it's more of a sensibility and more of a mind frame or a mindset than it a is work so much ethic. A musical style. Because you know, to some people you say punk rock and they think Green Day. Some people yeah. you say punk rock and they think of the Crass. Yeah. And some people you say punk rock and it's just Sex Pistols, and mm-hmm. then they have their mindset up on what punk rock is. Yeah. But when you really delve into punk rock and you see that punk rock is really all of these different things. It's just basically it's rock and roll music played a little bit louder, a little bit more aggressive, maybe a little more simplistic, a little bit more simplistic. But also, there's a lot more um, influence, right? Than just just rock and roll. There's there's a there's a lot going on, and especially some of the earlier bands that that fall into that punk net that yeah. category, um, where you know like Bad Brains and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, pulled from reggae, and, and, yeah. and, and you know a lot of those bands did that, and it wasn't necessarily about a sound so much as it was an attitude. And I think that still goes on today. Yeah, and I guess if you wanted to uh, put it in that aspect, sure, we are punk. But it's like, yeah, I, I almost kind of think 
to, I almost kind of take that attitude where you say, you know, with to punk rock, I kind of associate that with rock. It's like rock is whatever we make it. Yeah. And it's like, and the unfortunate thing is when you say rock and roll to a lot of people today, they think, you know, and this isn't necessarily slights on these bands, but it's like, it's not what we are, mm-hmm. but, but they think of stuff like Fozzie or, you know, the, the big radio bands that are doing stuff or like hell, even uh, my chemical romance right. you know, back in the fold. And they're start, they're kind of considering themselves rock, you yeah. know, now and not really emo anymore. So it's like, that's what people really look at and consider when they hear rock to the point where, you know, if they hear something like Blondie Devo talking heads, they go, Oh, that is punk. Or that's, that's, that's something so off where yeah. I'll listen to that. And I go, the cars are rock and roll. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's like, yeah. you know, I, I just almost kind of cast that net wider for the word rock than I do punk. I think, I think I might be a little bit more picky when it comes to labeling a punk band. Yeah. Like, well, like even with Van Huskins, a lot of times I like to say, we're basically like a, a rock and roll band. I'll say a lot of times though, that for lack of a better term, we're punk rock, but right. it's more rock and roll influenced. And, and seeing without me, you even telling me that, what did I call you earlier in the episode? I called you a rock and yeah, roll band because I hear those elements. Yeah. I, with, with my barometer of what punk rock is, you guys toe the line in it a lot more than we would, but I would still pull you guys into the rock and roll bubble. Yeah. But then I would listen to something like, you know, the germs and I'm like, Oh no, they're punk rock. Yeah. You know, it's like exactly. that, that yeah. they are nothing but they are just T absolute punk rock. So it's like, I kind of, that's where my leaning on that sort of thing goes. And, and not necessarily even just stereotypical popular bands, but stuff that kind of falls under that just raw aggression. That's just, how you define it. That's kind of how I define punk. Anything yeah. from like sex pistols to the germs to, you know, meat men, yeah. you know, stuff yeah. like that. Anything that's just got that aggressive, you know, fuck you attitude. It doesn't even have to be mean lyrics. It could be goofy shit like the dead Kennedys, yeah. you know, but it's like, just that sort of vibe where you're just like, fuck yeah, I just want to release and just let go and just flail around and just have a great Don't time. Don't be near me when this <laughs> song comes on. To me, that's punk rock where I'm just like, fuck yeah, fuck you, I'm having a grand old time. Exactly. It's not that I, wanna, like, I wouldn't want to distance myself from punk rock because it's what made me and it's what... And it's, it's the conundrum. It's, it's the, still, I, I, at, the, at the end of the day, I consider myself not to re- really be a punk rocker. I'm, I'm, I just I'm, I like rock and roll. But to be of punk rock influence and uh, right. that oh, yeah. sort of origin. And I think through punk so, rock, it's easier for band, young bands that aspire to be, you know, rock and roll players or metal players or whatever they want, choose to go through afterwards. It's the quickest way to get on stage, oh, too. a lot of times it is, yeah, definitely. And then, the, you know, you either progress beyond that or you just get better at what you do. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You get better at punk rock and you get better at turning that into something that's a little bit more than just uh, four chords and some screaming and snotty lyrics. <laughs> exactly. Just like you and your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And speaking of, um, well, no, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say because if you go back and listen to the stuff that me and Eric did twenty seven years ago, it's it's trashy sounding, three chords and snotty lyrics. Oh That's yeah, all it is. And twenty seven years later, we're playing stuff that I'm super proud. Of. Not that I'm not proud of that stuff. I am. Mm-hmm. I fucking love that stuff. But I'm playing stuff today that that twenty seven years ago I was like I wouldn't have thought. I'd be playing with Eric these days. But that, that that is still a good feeling though, especially if you're still enjoying what you're making. Yeah. No, I'd say we're in that same boat. And uh, man, I, I really am just to kind of round it back up to where we were. It's like, I am super proud of you and I'm excited to see where all this Gabba Gabba huh, and talk and radio <laughs> and magazine and everything else Gabba is going to be heading. And where is probably the best place for people? Like, what is your central hub for a lot of this? Well, I just set up the webpage this past week. So okay. GabbaGabbaHuh.com. 
Uh, oh, you saw it so that you got like the full so URL. Got, I've got the web page. That's, that's, that's the easiest guy. place to go. But I mean, if you really, I mean, honestly, if you listen to podcasts on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, Google podcast, anywhere you listen to it, you can find it. Excellent. No, that's great, man. No, I'm, I'm super excited on that. And the fun thing about this one is the show's technically not over. I don't know which one's going to come out first, but we are doing the dual episode. Yes. When you're <laughs> done with this, uh, go listen to the Gabba Gabba Hump uh, episode featuring so, so, so exactly what Mike was saying. As soon as he became aware of the microphone, he leans. Oh in. yeah, that's like in the promo mode. <laughs> promo mode and blowing out the speaker, buddy. Right. My bad, y'all. Yeah, so I don't know which one's coming out first. You probably may listen to the Gabba first. You maybe listen to this first. But either way, uh, that's going to be a whole lot of fun. So the conversation is not over. Let's just go ahead and wrap this part on up. Let's dig on into that Spotify playlist and figure out. What the hell we've been listening to? What you listening to, son? I don't think you like it. Well, why not? I like this new generation of music. <laughs> Where did you record this? I bought it at the mall. What that person on your tape has is a medical disorder. All right, Captain, what the hell you been listening to? Man, I've been really digging into the new track by Lucifer that they just put out a couple of weeks ago called Ghosts. Oh, yeah? It's a teaser for the new record they got coming out. It'll be their third one. It's got uh, Nick Anderson from Helicopters, Imperial State Electric, playing drums. And That's what it was, because I was taking a, taking a ride with uh, Chris, and he was listening to Lucifer, and I was like... Man, there's some, there's a member of like the helicopters because yeah, yeah. he likes the helicopters. He's like, I was like, there's some member in that band that plays in this one. He was like, well, who? I was like, uh. yeah, it's Nick Anderson who sings and plays guitar in helicopters and Imperial State Electric is really good at that, mm-hmm. and he also happens to be a really good fucking drummer in this band called Lucifer, and they sound like Master of Reality era, yeah. uh, Sabotage era, Black Sabbath, with uh, his wife sings for the band. Mm-hmm. And uh, through her vocal melodies and takes, it becomes completely, uh, it becomes its own identity yeah. with, through like a kind of a black old seven, 70s dirty production uh, lens of Black Sabbath through that. And it's, they make really killer records. I definitely recommend Lucifer too if you're going to go down that rabbit hole. I think you mentioned them before. I went and checked them out. They're, they're definitely a really good band. They're really good. I'm into it. Well, Mike, what the hell you been listening to? So I was, uh, when doing some of my research for the podcast one night, I was listening to, I think maybe it was Kudzu Ganja on YouTube. And this band popped up afterwards called Body Pressure. Mm-hmm. Bad as hell. And I was like, who is this? So I got to look and they're not from North Carolina. Right. So I've been doing all this podcast stuff, promoting these you know, North and South Carolina bands. Right. It's an opportunity for me to pro- promote a band from Texas. There you go. <laughs> uh, so they're from Austin, Texas. They're like, uh, so they're, they're a punk rock band. They're sort of, their punk rock side sounds kind of like No Anger Control. All right. But then they got these dirty-ass metal riffs. And it's like <laughs> it's almost like No Anger Control run through a black metal filter. Oh, okay. And they're bad Word. as hell. So they're from Austin, Texas. They've got like a demo on Spotify. Mm-hmm. And honestly, if you check them out, I would definitely recommend like looking at the related artists and going down that rabbit hole because there's some badass like dirty metal punk rock out there that I did not know existed that's just fucking awesome. And man, that's another positive on Spotify, which is artists that have a lot of you know monthly listeners like those guys. You find so many cool stuff through that related artist yeah. section. It's like I I have found a lot of bands that I love, like Imperial State Electric. I actually know Tony showed me them. 
uh, spiders uh, yeah. I found yeah. through Imperial State Electric's related artist thing. And I don't know if I've shown you anything from them, but holy cow, mm. female fronted Swedish rock and roll band that's just like great vocals, killer riffs. And it's like, I would have never known about yeah. that band if I had not done the deep dive in those related artist things. So now, now if Van Huskins can just get like 300 monthly listeners, maybe <laughs> our related artists list could be a little bit more re- realistic. But right well, now, I think Trash Room is the only one in there that's, that's even remotely related. It's a bunch of weird bands that I've never heard We get of. those two every now and then. <laughs> well, I will say this. I'll go ahead. I hadn't promoted this specific playlist in a minute, but by the time this episode drops, I would have posted it on our uh, Facebook a few more times. In addition to our Something Good For You playlist, we do, uh, through the band page, I do have a secondary playlist. And that playlist is called, I have to do find it because I had promoted it in a minute. It's called Lock and Load, the best of the East Coast rock and roll. Mm-hmm. And essentially, I went through the big playlist and figured out all the bands that basically either indie or you know on a semi more major label but not like anything popular popular right. just basically bands that anyone would have a shot of playing with essentially um from the east coast and put two songs from each band in the playlist chronological mm-hmm. order of band name that way no one gets all pissy oh why am i above that band yeah. <laughs> and so it's all in chronological or, or uh, alphabetical order rather and van huskins are in it along with fill-ins and no anchor control along with some um atlanta artists like phantom men and um Hell, we've even got flat tires in there, even though they don't really yeah. play anymore. It's like you got it's like why not? Tires so, <laughs> so I would say definitely um, take a listen to that one. Van Huskins are in it, and with the way Spotify works, is enough people listen to oh, a yeah. certain artist next to others, it kind of connects them all together. So I'm thinking with having bands like No Anchor Control, Van Huskins, us. Maybe kind of push that playlist a little bit better. We'll be able to help create our related artists a little bit better, like we've been finding with these other cool oh, yeah. artists. <clears throat> and that's a fun little segue. Another band that is in that playlist that finally released their debut EP after releasing like four singles is Like Machines. Yep. Uh, they used to be called The Stir. Uh, we've talked about them quite a few times on the show. Uh, Atlanta band. They're on fucking tour at Crowbot right now. Holy yeah. fuck! <laughs> and they got and they're all going to be on the Epicenter uh, Festival yeah, too. Yeah. And that's just one of those where it's crazy. Like we met up and became friends with them when they were playing the milestone. Mm-hmm. Fast forward two years later, they're playing the fucking epicenter fest. I'm like, fucking congratulations. Guys. Same day that's as like bad ass Metallica and shit like well, that. That's a cop out. Metallica I know, plays but still, if, if I was in that band, I'd be saying the same thing. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, the connection, like what you said on the last episode that, um, that Poison Motley Crue tour, um, Tuck, who used to be in the Biters, oh, yeah. he's part of that tour now. I saw that, yeah. Yeah, so even he's flying all up and doing all that, which hopefully we might be doing recording with him maybe come October. Yeah. <laughs> we'll keep y'all informed. Not saying what project it'll be, but there might be something. Who knows? It might completely fall apart, but who knows? I don't give a shit. It's on an episode to, now. <laughs> who's listening by this point? Anyway. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Like Machines, definitely check it out. The, the newest song is uh, Hear Free in a Ring. It's the uh, title of the EP. Fucking great stuff. Uh, we played a handful of the songs already. So if you dig it all enough, just listen to it. Andrew, love you, man. Uh, after that, uh, do you have any shows you need to promote, Mike? Uh, February 22nd at Freeman's Pub in Gastonia with uh, Knowing and Control. Excellent. And Trash Room. Ah, uh, yeah, because I remember, yeah, that was the show you were talking about. Like, I wanted to get this lineup together for so long. Yeah, I really have. I've been trying to put that lineup together for about a year, and it just finally worked out to just Knowing and Control just stays booked. Yeah. And just, just getting, uh, nailing a weekend down for them. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to do it for my birthday, which is the 15th. Mm-hmm. But that's also. Becky's birthday, Eric's wife. Right. Gotcha. So I can't, you know, I can't hog Eric on my birthday. Right. Uh, so, like, so we're doing it. We're doing it a week later. Everything. Be like, I was here first. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
around. I was. She she was actually first. She was first. Okay, okay. And then uh, they so were. I was gonna say you could pull the ultimate bro card. They were, they were like, high school sweethearts. I keep forgetting that. Okay. Oh, yeah. So I was gonna say you could pull t- pull the total bro card. Be like, excuse me. I was this hetero life mate first. <laughs> yeah, that, that show. Looking, looking forward to that show. We're, we're playing last on that one. So. Oh, cool. It's a nice little headliner gig. Right and, and again, talking about the way the uh, local scenes change, headliner isn't the bad slot anymore. Well, it's just I, I like to play at different times. And, and yeah. when we, whenever we play shows in Gastonia, I like to spotlight the, the, the band I'm bringing in. Yeah. Right. And, you know, we've had Trash Room out there before. I you know, in this case, I want to put no anger control in the middle. Yeah. And so I put the, try to put the other band in the middle, whether we play first or we play last. So we're just going to play last on this one. Word. No, I think that's still going to be a really fun one. Is that the main one you've got coming up or any that, of those? And other? then I think May 30th at Tommy's Pub with Trash Room again. Cool. So Sweet. Other than that, we're not booked at all. For this really? Thing. So just kind of, is it mainly just not really focusing on or just kind of we're, mainly wanting to do the pod? We're in a wait and see because in like last year, we booked a whole bunch of shows and then all of a sudden things started coming up. It's like, oh man, we've got a show like that weekend before and yeah. we couldn't do it. So we're just on a wait and see at this point. I'm not too aggressive with booking at this point. <laughs> we are the absolute opposite. We are aggressive <laughs> as fuck with booking. Well, we were, we were last year. This, year. this year we're taking a different approach. Technically, we're in the middle of a media campaign. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> and, and, of course, the, the, the podcast does a little bit with that. But, you know, I can still do both. Oh, yeah. And it's like with us, it's like between Cap and I, like playing together. Yeah. We have at least one show a month booked all the way up to July already. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like we are extremely aggressive with our booking right now. So we're only going to focus on next month because we don't have anything coming in February. But come next month is going to be our big never heard of them release parties fucking everywhere. Uh, first up is going to be 3-7 at the Rim with Home for the Day, Mama Tequila, and Dragline. And then we're going to be taking it down on the 20th to Yesterday's Records and see. Seneca? Seneca? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. Seneca. Okay, so. Okay. South Carolina with the Silver Tongue Devils, and then the day after, we're going to be bringing them right back up to the milestone for the really big event where we're going to be having the big record release party with yes. the Wallburns. In addition to that, really just wanted to keep it a three band bill, uh, mainly because just like I like three band bills, oh, yeah, <laughs> so I prefer it that way, me too. And it's going to be super fun. We're going to make it a big deal, guys. Come on out. We'd yeah. love to have you. So that's that's going to be rounding out our March dates. I'm not going to worry about April dates, talking about those yet, because we've still got to finish getting those in the plans. But definitely come out if you're going to be around in March, because that's just going to be a shit ton of fun. And actually, I have an sh- idea about the March show, which I will talk to you off the mic. <laughs> right on. Well, do you have any Kelsey shows you need to promote, good sir? Uh, No, I think... Uh, if there, actually, 30... Well, I don't know the details yet, but I think we're getting a weekend at the in Virginia. Virginia lined up on the 28th, 29th, whatever the last weekend in April is, or April, February is. Word. Other than that, uh, by the time when this episode drops, I'll be playing some Black Sabbath songs at Tommy's Pub. Oh, yeah. So if y'all want to come and hang Dirty out. Dirty Steve's and, birthday. It is Dirty Steve's birthday, so come celebrate with us. If you feel so inclined, we'll be playing uh, with uh, Doug Knipe of uh, Annie Scene uh, fame, too. He'll be doing the uh, Aussie vocals for this so this will be fun hell yeah so so y'all have multiple singers for the show no just him oh okay cool i yeah. didn't know if uh what was the other guy that was his singing? name was jason he just didn't have the time for it or, or wouldn't make the time for it 
Understood. know how that is. <laughs> well, cool deal. But again, Mike, thank you so much for coming on here again. Uh, this time, again, was kind of focused on your uh, current affairs. We still need to get you in one more time just to have a generalized yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> music nerd talk about stuff that we like. Yeah, anytime, anytime. <laughs> well, especially now that you've got your own show going, I think it's going to be a little easier to kind of get in that groove and oh, yeah. kind of knock yeah. that shit out. But Cap, do you have an outro for us? Fuck your outro. I got to pee. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to wait between recordings and I was like, well, this is a good time to go. I got oh, yeah. it now. Now you're fine. I, I, was, I was almost to the point of having to interrupt everything going, I got to get back. <laughs> this has been another amazing production from the Cult of Dave Podcast Network. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it.